we've only just begun the mentally sound pirate, <laughs> literally. And in Ricky's case, quite literally right now. <laughs> yeah. But we'll get to that in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, looking different as well. Um, I've noticed as well a bit of a shave. We'll get to that. Obviously, you won't be able to you won't be able to hear that because this is a radio show. But um, <laughs> I just noticed that startling because um, uh, <laughs> literally these days we're we're so we're so professional. We just walk on and do the oh. show <laughs> like that, like um, in a good way. I don't. I know, I wasn't, that wasn't like a, that wasn't a passive aggressive day or anything. Um, but yeah, um, welcome everyone to Mentally Sound in a weird time slot in terms of we were supposed to be on last week and those that listened to the show re- uh, were aware of we had a massive, massive amount of technical issues um, which was really, um, you know, not not ideal. Uh, so one of the things we decided to do because basically the gist of it was we came on the air because we were on every 12 till 2pm every second and last Friday of the month and last Friday was going to be our um, second last show of the year because we should be on on the 28th, which is a week today. And last week, um, we were going to do our show as normal for the first week, first show of our for, for December. And we had a whole bunch of technical issues. So if you were tuning in on FM, because apparently we were offline or on the internet, because the computer, um, there's two computers that we use for the radio show here, uh, one to run the, the board to play the music and whatnot, and one to do the recording and to show, like, to see signals, uh, to show that, you know, so I can see that the microphones are working and whatnot. Um, and to see the wireless and etc and uh, that computer I was making as you would have maybe heard when we tried to talk on air for about 20 minutes or so that it just decided to make a really unbelievably loud noise as if something had broken um, the, 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 Dell, the Dell computer that's here then no, not no a offense. good sign yeah. is it when the fan goes is that yeah, it just, a problem yeah it was almost like we had like an extractor fan like, literally yeah. right behind me um, you know so it was, uh, really irritating and if I could hear it in my headphones I'm assuming people in the audience who were listening on FM could hear it too. Also, apparently, my microphone wasn't working because I got a few couple of messages afterwards to say that the microphone was distorted, um, which I only fixed about ten minutes in. So it was a complete disaster, um, quite frankly. Um, so we made the what we thought was the most professional decision, and decided to cancel. Um, tell everyone who was originally scheduled to come to say, "Can we do next week?" Um, apparently, there's been some issues with that, which we're going to get we'll get Ricky to talk to about talk about in a second. Um, but that, that's basically the gist. So we are on uh, today, and as I said, maybe two weeks uh, two weeks in a row, um, because we are scheduled to be here for the 28th to do basically a recap between me and Ricky about all the shows that we've done this month for Mentally Sound, which I think's been an amazing success. Mm-hmm. I I really do think the shows. Um, you know, I try and be we try be objective about it but I, I legitimately do think that the shows we've been doing have been good and we always think that we've done a better show the following time so um, I do think that's pretty cool um, so uh, we'll obviously reflect on that uh, next Friday mm-hmm. um, but it's just really nice to be back um, and that the com- just to just to be just for full disclosure the computers seem to be working uh, and there doesn't seem to be any that happened explosion <laughs> and I'm like oh my god everyone get out of here um, that would be brilliant uh, brilliantly awful but like you know the timing of like you know yeah. uh, uh, what's it called um um, oh, a poetic justice or something like that, you know. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm tempting fate by going. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the computer is fine. Crash. Um, yeah, but there you go. So that was the gist. So the plan is, and uh, Ricky's just informed me there's been some issues, but the idea was to get everyone back from who was scheduled to be. Um, 
for last week's show because I should also say before we start ball rolling this is a mentally sound obviously this is a mental health show just the disclaimer is that we talk about mental health and also in all sorts of topics um so you know just be just to be pro pre-warned about that but we do it in an honest open friendly hopeful and hopefully um as you laugh into your tea uh, in in an in a entertaining way as well and we are here for an extra hour because it's got like sort of christmas special so we will be here till 3 p.m today to hopefully delight entertain and hopefully mm-hmm. educate you in all things mental health um we are a guest orientated show we've got a hopefully a packed lineup, but um i'll pass this over first of all hello ricky hello um, merry christmas to you sir and merry christmas to you um to all of yours, your loved ones, and your little yes. ones. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, which we, we should we should have a discussion about me. You met my my, my daughter. Yeah. Uh, my little my little girl. So um, we'll get to that in a bit. But um, so yeah, first of all, how are you? And also just because I was going to list off a list yeah. of people for the guests. So if yeah. you want to explain what yeah. the situation is, that would be great. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I'm not too bad. I'm happy to be here in your company as ever. Oh. <laughs> Let's get that, that out. Thank get you. that out of the way. Thank you. And then before yeah, I want to, to get serious. <laughs> Matters. Yeah, um, that's great. So yeah, I I'm mean, a c- couple of couple of uh, days ago, it did look um, good in terms of that we would have the same schedule. Yes, as as as, as last week. For Is today. it schedule or schedule? I always wonder that. <laughs> I'm tomato, sh- tomato. I'm sh- schedule. <laughs> yeah, I'm schedule, um, but I don't know. I, I I always thought it was like it's usually English versus American, like you know. Yeah, may, may, maybe be before your time, but there was a, a, a 80s show called Treasure Hunt. With oh, yeah. I don't that? I don't know it very well they but have I've to use the word schedule yeah and because because the, the lady cool. I forget her name who was with the map and, and she would often look at the clock and say oh you're, you're well you're well before schedule and all that stuff <laughs> so that, that's what yeah I, I always thought, thought that was the Americanized way of saying it but yeah. then you know you see a lot enough American shows that maybe <laughs> you just say it that way uh, anyway sorry I just thought like, uh, that, that, that's, a, that's an interesting language debate mm-hmm. uh, but anyway yes so go on there so yeah most of our guests we, we are expected to Great. so Greg from Samaritans we were expecting him in the next yep. half an hour um, we have Liz from Gambling with Lives. Uh, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And David from uh, Newcastle Counselling Association. So they're, 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 they're the. Um, yeah, con- con- Kirsty Kirsty couldn't make it, couldn't she? Kirsty informed me yesterday that she couldn't make it. She has an audition. We'd love to her and we hope to have her in the new year. Yeah, I'm sure she'll. And uh, Holly emailed this morning to say that she can't make it because they're having their festive. Uh, Festive, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's okay then. Yeah. So, so again, New Year's is one of those things. Awesome. So, so in a mad dash panic yes. this morning, which is why I literally chunted in sort of seconds before uh, <laughs> went on here. Um, so I made some inquiries, and uh, we we might get some more guests coming in. Cool. Some surprises. Do you want me to say it, or shall I leave it in case? No, d- let's not. Let's not. Uh, yeah, let's not preempt it. Let's not preempt it because yeah. then if it doesn't happen, then yeah. uh, the, you know whatever. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll might be some surprises. Hello, Alan Shearer. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn! It's got wind. Yeah. Hello, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think of rapid detail? Um, that would be that would be pretty cool. But no, but actually, obviously, if we had Alan Shearer on, I think we would talk about. Well, he did that brilliant dimension documentary, yeah. didn't he? So, because um, I think I think. Um, you know, um, basically, uh, nutting some rubber as a job, which is basically what footballers do, was in it that was interesting because the amount of impact damage it does. You know, it's the same, I guess, equivalence of like you know, wrestlers landing on people's heads. Yeah, the case wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, even just think, even yeah, because obviously made the the ball like softer with a different material, but even so. 
Um, you know, you can imagine that it would do some damage, you know, mm-hmm. if you did it for 20 plus years. You know what she was like? So. He put his head in everything because he was that type of player. Well, it's the, um, it was the West Bromwich um, player, Jeff Astle, West yeah. Brom England player. Who, yeah, uh, he thought he was always on uh, fantasy football, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he, 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 he died well before he should have, and it was through dementia. And his family, the, the, the campaign team, re- put it down to the, the, the ball heading. Yeah. Western ball heading. I guess... Would you say the strikers are more vulnerable then? Because or probably strikers or defenders, probably. Defenders, yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. just because, yeah. I mean, but you, I think the last time we talked about it, you you discussed the correlation because this is currently going on with the NFL and the, the concussion thing that they did. Well, as I was saying, I just I just paraphrased in uh, wrestlers because um, wrestlers, you know, the whole horrible scenario with uh, Chris Benoit, which I can't believe to tell you that isn't it now over ten years since he did that. Which is quite ridiculous. I think, oh, it, was yeah. I think it was 2007. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so, so for those who don't know what we're what we're talking about, is Chris Benoit was a wrestler who um, who rather tragically killed his son and uh, wife, and it was major news at the time. And it was an int- it was a really um, polarizing um, situation mm-hmm. because there were loads of wrestlers coming out saying he was the nicest bloke you could ever meet. He was a huge family man, and then it turned out that when they did the autopsy, that he had the break. The supposedly the doctor who did the and the autopsy said that he had the brain of like a 12 year old because he had he had onset of like Alzheimer's or something right. um, and, and they think it's concussion related because then as Ricky just said it's a good correlation to what I'm talking about to what Ricky just said because then you know you have the Will Smith thing what was it called concussion that film with Will Smith about the I NFL I think it was called I'm, I think it was called concussion yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway yeah Ricky's just got to answer a call so I'll carry it but yeah I'm pretty certain it was called concussion um, and you know because the NFL didn't want it to come out but the NFL was one of the one of the sports which I think is fascinating because it is actually um, you know looking into concussion and basically uh, they they actually pay some people who have been in the NFL a long time like ex-players because you know famously a lot of a lot of sports stars in American sports uh, get bankrupt because they just don't learn how to you know deal with their finances and all that sort of stuff so um, it's quite a, a, a damning thing so as the NFL were a little bit um, concerned that that came out and you know wrestlers are in the same situation so you can imagine footballers which is what we were talking about earlier are the reasons for that the, the concussions should be more widely acknowledged I mean it never used to be because if you ever watch a Premier League game now any football in England that they if you ever have any hint of a concussion that they're not allowed back on the field um, which is obviously you know very 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 useful um, and, and it's kind of fascinating because if you talk about American football as in sort of NFL they wear all that protective gear and yet they have the most injuries because I think they, you know they, 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 they just I think it's one of these things of a bit like when QI did a, an episode about boxing saying that there's actually less damage done by by people without rubber gloves on because with the added padding you can hit people harder because it doesn't hurt your hand so it's the it's the it's the balance of that because there's the, the, the when they never used to have gloves in the in the in the early uh, 20th century when they first started doing boxing um in a like a professional sense um, and there was far less like sort of knockouts and whatnot because it, it legitimately does hurt your hand to hit people as opposed to with a rubber glo- uh, with with gloves on you can hit people a lot harder um, without um, without hurting yourself. So an interesting situation. But yeah, if we did have Alan Shearer on at some particular point, which is a dream, and I think we could make it happen at some point. Um, I think we would definitely talk to him about that um, and sort of the changes that they've done in football. And we've talked about Newcastle United on this show in relation to all the amazing work that they do behind the scenes because they have 
have like a sensory room, um, you know, for people with um, you know, autism and stuff like that, um, and ADHD and all the kind of thing, and they have a disability association because we've had them on the show before. So they really Newcastle do a great number of things, and I'm really hoping that I get to see a game over the festive season because then um, that would be like that would be my that would be my Christmas present of all Christmas presents um, is to get the opportunity to um, uh, to go and see a Newcastle game because I, I I haven't been in, I haven't been in a few years so. Um, that would be pretty exciting. So yeah, um, I was just telling them Ricky while he was gone, just to just to uh, dissect. I was just saying like you said the comparison between NFL and whatnot, and I think yeah. the film was called Concussion. And I was just saying that like I'm kind of hoping I do get to go to a Newcastle game soon. That would be fun. Um, I've never heard of that film actually. That I'm sure it's called Concussion. No, Maybe I'm really to, interested I'll Google it. I'll Google it in the next break and I'll, uh, I'll <coughs> figure it out. I'm sure, but yeah, I'm it, it, to watch it, it now, made yeah. a huge deal because I was just telling the audience that um, the NFL didn't really um, didn't really help them to make it. But but, but having said that, the mm-hmm. NFL sells out more money than any other sport because they had to acknowledge the concussions are part of playing the game, mm-hmm. and they're one of the few sports that actually pay people after they finish playing um, you know sort of almost essentially like a pension like a health scheme mm-hmm. and they actually do their own health insurance now I, I think I'm right in saying because NFL is uh, my least my least I, I I care very little about it, um, you know. Other than if you watch highlights, it's a bit like cricket. If you watch just a five-minute highlights of cricket or NFL or something like that, it's one of them sports where you watch a ten-minute video of some highlights or whatever. It's actually quite, quite, uh, quite a good game. I will but not other have than a that, bad word said <laughs> cricket. cricket. Yeah. <laughs> Let's play for five days. Oh, it's a draw. Twenty twenty is fun. I like when they just smack the ball all the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. quite fun. I think, to be honest, yeah, I don't want to digress on this too much, <laughs> but I think it's heading towards that day. I'm, I get bored with the test ma- um, cricket aspect of it. Let's just do one day. And I mean, it, like, you know, so. the only thing, I mean, I remember I used to watch sort of test cricket every now and again when it was on terrestrial TV. Uh, but in the ashes and, yeah. and, and, and like when, yeah. when India play Pakistan, when it, you know, the tension's really high and that. Sort yeah, of um, and uh, I, I remember watching it going, I can sort of get it if you were like sort of a purist person in the sense of that, you know, I mean, it is the sort of strategy of like, you know, do you do you hold on for a draw? Do you like, you know, when do you run? Mm-hmm. You try and bat for ages. I do mm-hmm. think it like it has a test of patience and I can see it being a talent playing it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying as a spectacle to watch it, it's pretty, um, you know, you, you end up doing lots of other things and just yeah. wait for something to happen um, kind of thing. Um, it only gets exciting when a person has to like stay in. Oh, one of my regrets in life because I was in the school team and I was a pretty um, decent bowler yeah but my one of my regrets in life is that I never really took it up because like the coach was saying join a club join a club but uh, typical yeah. teenage you know other things I remember when I first like tried cricket when I was like in middle school because we used to try and get a team together um and I could not, I could not for the life of me do the bowling action properly. I just couldn't get it right. So I ended up like, you know, kind of almost doing like, you know, there's a there's a cricketer like from West Indies who everyone thought bowled the ball. I can't remember. He's like Miling- Milinga, I think his name is, and he bowls the ball like almost like he throws it down. And they they like spent ages, a long, long time, like sort of slow mo in his action to see whether it was an illegal throw because you got to like throw it over your arm. But apparently, like the, the, his release was exactly the same as the bowlers. It just he had a weird technique, so they didn't. Was the Sri Lankan? Oh, Sri Lanka. Sorry, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah not West Indies. That's right, Sri Lankan. Yeah, yeah. He's good. He's a good bowler, and yeah. But they always thought like he was. Well, I think, like, cri- I think um, 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 they, they are looking at 
accepting more unorthodox ways of playing the yeah. game in that way. So I mean, if it well, means Mulliferin or whatever he's that's however him, you yeah, say yeah. his name, like he was, yeah, who, who he used to um, was the spin bowler. Yeah. He used to always be like sort of uh, questioned, but then it turned out. That I think Shane Warne's kind of the same as he's got a weird wrist. Mm-hmm. Like Shane Warne's like double jointed or something. Shane yeah. Warne's double jointed yeah. or something. So yeah. that's why he gets so much spin on the ball. Um, anyway, we're going to bore people to death now. She's <laughs> like, yeah. Everyone's like, it's a mentally sound show about mental it's health. Christmas, we're talking and we're about, talking about sport. cricket. I don't know. Well, there you go. It's, I was just thinking about it anyway. Um, but yeah, so so we have a jam-packed show anyway. We obviously, you know, got um, you know, a whole bunch uh, that of That was guests. one guest on the show that couldn't make it. Yeah. But they might make the 28th, actually. Uh, okay, so, so that was the, one of the replacement ones, yeah, was it? Yeah, okay, yeah, never mind. Still, hold on. I still have a candle lit for the other one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Elton John. Uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> so... Um, all your songs are really annoying. Uh, <laughs> so I saw a picture of uh, Looney the other day on Instagram. Oh, really? First grade, was it was a sugar and a paper hat, I think, wasn't it? Or Christmas. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, well, yeah, Haley's yeah, uh, quite into putting Christmas seats on her very, and stuff like that. Very, very cute. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah um, well... There's been obviously the um as you said your good your good self went to uh, came um last Friday mm-hmm. just to meet her for the first time which was nice mm-hmm. um and she saw saw other people so we did uh, we did dollar up on Sunday because my brother met her for oh, the first okay. time over the weekend so everyone everyone uh, everyone in my inner circles kind of met her mm-hmm. um which is a nice feeling and she's four four weeks four, she's a month old um mm-hmm. t- uh, today mm-hmm. um no not today tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, it'll be tomorrow but um. Yeah, so and she's doing very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of the things that I want to do with, with with Ricky, actually, we're going to probably record this over the weekend. Is I want to actually do a sort of um, you know early early parent podcasty type thing mm-hmm. um, to kind of talk about um, sort of the stuff that I've that I've noted that I've that I've realised, and also in a mental, it's probably a good thing to talk about in relation to a mental health sense because. Um, I have noticed a few things that, like you know, it is like a lot of what a lot of parents go through, and I think the mental health side of it is just to make sure that you don't overdo it, mm-hmm. because uh, in a basic nutshell, having a newborn and parents listen to this, we've had people like that that guy who did the the parent stuff was it last yeah, show, yeah, yeah. Um, which was interesting, where he got loads of dads together. That's the sort yeah. of done, yeah. Yes, yeah. that's the one, yeah. And the 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 thing that I find interesting is that. Is that yeah? Like it's just a lot of the stuff that you do for a newborn is very simple, and it's very, it's very, you know, you 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 pretty much do the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the down, the the thing that uh, affects you with um, sort of mental health is that uh, it's it's just making sure that you 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 take breaks from it because it may be simple, but I guess the word is it's intense. Mm-hmm. It feels very intense. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just finding a way of. Um, uh, I, I one of the things, as I said, I, I think I talk, talked about this the last show. Just in a very basic, just to say basically, is that me and Haley all the time turn to each other and go, "How the hell does people do this by themselves?" Mm-hmm. Uh, because we do the shift thing, which mm-hmm. anyone who's ever we spoke to, like particularly mm-hmm. professional people who, like you know, when the health visit they visited or whatever, said you do know that's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people really force themselves to live like sleep in the same room as the as the baby, and mm-hmm. I mean obviously sometimes people like like Haley Haley, which I don't know how she does because I'm not like this, mm-hmm. but Haley takes naps, which. Mm-hmm is what you're supposed to do when mm-hmm. you know you're tired with the baby if the baby's sleeping you mm-hmm. sleep mm-hmm. 
Um, I can't. I, I struggle to do that, which I think is an interesting mental health thing. Is mm-hmm. that I, whether it's like a sort of an, anx- an anxious thing for mm-hmm. me being a parent, but um, I, I struggle to sleep at the when she's sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do the shift thing where you know Haley gets up early in the morning, takes mm-hmm. over from me, so then mm-hmm. I go into the bedroom by myself and I get mm-hmm. to sleep. And I, it's really good in the sense of it makes you get really good amount of sleep as opposed to if you sleep in the same room as the baby with your partner, you're both getting woke up at the same time because when when the baby starts to cry yeah. and also where do you change her, there's Absolutely. all sorts of stuff that there's all sorts of stuff that enters your head that you go, this isn't practical and it's going to take three times as long and most likely the chances of you waking up your partner, even just mm-hmm. getting out of bed, because I mean I notice when he gets up. So. Just on that because we yeah. didn't, I, I think we were going to raise it the previous show yes. that um, in the run up to to Luna being born um, you went asked about your, your mental health in terms of preparation from the professionals and I think it was yeah. your partner your partner that brought it up didn't you she said yes why didn't they ask you about your mental health mm-hmm. yeah a lot of it whether your bipolar would be, would be coming to well I, I I mean they only started asking me about my bipolar because I turned around and told them yeah. like I, I, I actually they went is there anything we need to know about and I went well and I just went well I want to be I want to be honest mm-hmm. and say that yeah that I um, that I have bipolar disorder and then it just became a kind of like um uh, almost interrogation really mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. which I thought was um mm-hmm. uh, weird um but yeah so because they just wanted to ask me a bunch of things because obviously it's the uh, you know the uh, safeguarding because they don't want to, um yep. they don't want to they want to make sure that the kids go in the right environment and mm-hmm. it's like just ask me a bunch of stuff about that mm-hmm. but the the thing that you're referring to is mm-hmm. that the they at the beginning in particular once the baby's here mm-hmm. um and even before the baby was here it was like so how's Haley doing how's Haley doing and I I was at some of mm-hmm. the, the 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 meetings with particularly with the health visitor and the midwife yeah. and it's always like how are you doing Haley how are you doing how are you doing and I'm sitting there mm-hmm. and it comes across like Mm-hmm. I, I said to Haley like afterwards when she went, mm-hmm. it's weird that they never ask you anything like how are you doing yeah. because it's a dub- it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a partner. Yeah. I regard oh. this as a partnership, oh. and I go, it, I know it almost comes across as which I can understand. Dad's taking that really personally. Mm-hmm. Is going, it's almost like the treater like she's a single parent even when I'm in the room. Which comes across as a double standard, I yeah. think. Like it comes across as like a little bit discriminatory towards yeah. men. Yeah. Like as in, well, men are here as a kind of object. Like and and it it, it really I think is a good comparison between women being protect, like treated as objects in a sort of looks way. The mm. dads just by being a dad is treated as like a double standard of you just you're just a pot of plant in the corner. In the yeah? Yeah. yeah, you're just a pot of plant in the corner who goes like like. I can't tell you the number of times as well, because this happened in hospital, mm-hmm. the number of times where they, you know, they go, like, um, in a, a very, like, sort of uh, mundane job, and they go, well, daddy can do that, in a kind of sarcastic way, like, as in, you know, we're, we're like, we're servants or something, mm-hmm. where it's like, I would do, like, I, I mean, this goes without saying, but I would do anything for Luna, because she's my daughter, and it's like, that doesn't mean, because, it, essentially, why, because I'm a male, Mm-hmm. Does that make it any different mm-hmm. to what Haley will do for her? Because I I don't believe in saying that Haley does more for Luna than I do, or or, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, I just find it. I do think the way that they deal with things is rather um, is rather ridiculous. And um, but I, in a way, I understand it as well. So um, you know, it, it's a double edged sword. Uh, Greg's here, by the way. Yeah, just come over and see Greg. Um, uh, it's lovely to see him again. So yeah, so we're going to take that's excellent. He's a perfect timing because we're just about to take a break. So, 
Um, but yeah, so very quickly, like, um, because I mean, we don't want to talk about this forever, but um, you know, so you obviously met Luna on last Friday, so um, what did you have a good time? <laughs> I didn't. Listen, <laughs> there, don't visit don't visit this guy don't visit his family I was so unwelcome you'd believe <laughs> the chains the chains that we put on him was just, uh, you know I had a really good time and uh, look at me watch going how much longer <laughs> I, I, I adore babies and you know you're one of my good friends yeah, it was nice, nice, nice to see you all I know we got a nice cuddle um, we actually sent uh, I actually sent to I believe I did for Haley's sister um, we're making like a sort of photo album and she asked oh, yeah. for everyone who's had pictures of Luna on my phone oh, yeah. so I sent a whole bunch of ones and asked me, my sister and brother to do that so you might very well be in that compilation because okay. um, we took a picture <laughs> of him yeah, we took a picture of him obviously um, but yeah so fantastic so as we said Greg who uh, was here last uh, week very kindly in the, the show that uh, never was uh, is waiting patiently but because we're going to need to uh, pause now for some ads I'm going to play some music right now we're going to have a look through the uh, what do people fancy um, I used to have something put down, but obviously I've got a little bullet lush, whole, a whole list of Christmas songs. Christmas, yeah, right, okay. yeah, why not? I mean, it is our Christmas show after all. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I think it would be sort of weird um, if I didn't at least. Uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. I'll, I, I always seem to play a lot of Stevie Wonder, but yeah, What Christmas Means to Me, great song. Um, so yeah, we're going to play some ads now, and then we're going to play What Christmas Means to Me by Stevie Wonder, and then we'll be right back on Mentally Sound here on Spice FM right after this. For the community, by the community. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Spice FM will be celebrating Mohammed Rafi's birthday once again on Christmas Eve this year from 11 to 2. Join the oldest gold host Masood with a selection of Rafi's greatest hits. Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Human Appeal presents the Takeover Comedy Show featuring Nabil Abdul Rashid, Tez Elias, Atif Nawaz, Anil Desai, Jeremy McLennan, Fatia El Ghori, and Ali Official. Taking place this Sunday, the 16th of December, at Newcastle Civic Centre. Doors open at 6 pm. The Human Appeal Takeover Comedy Show. Taking over your city, raising money for our winter appeal. Book now on 0161 225 0225 or log on at humanappeal.org. UK. Sick of the same old radio sound? <sighs> then you need vibrant radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. I mean, it's, it's okay. It's not. Everywhere we go. Quiet singing carols. Right outside my door. All these things and more. Oh, that's what Christmas means to me, my love. Oh, yeah. 
I'm so glad I picked that song. It was such a nice, yeah, chirpy, chirpy, uplifting song. Because I'm kind of getting in the mood for Christmas. I'm wearing my, uh, I'm wearing my Christmas. You can't go wrong, well. Stevie Wonder. Though, yeah, no, you really can't. Every time I listen to a Stevie Wonder song, because I, d- I don't listen to him often, but when I play a song, I go, why don't I listen to him more? Because mm-hmm. he's clearly a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that was what uh, Christmas means to me, which is a fantastic song. And you're back on Mentally Sound here on Spice FM 98.8 FM. Um, really um, having a really nice time um, uh, we're going to try as uh, Ricky says we're going to be consistently trying to get some replacement guests because we had some last minute cancellations because we are on for till 3 o'clock today an extra hour than we normally are and I'm pleased to say because as we mentioned at the beginning of the show we had some technical errors last week which is why we're on today um, and so we invite try to uh, ask all of the guests who were on who were supposed to be on last week's show to be on this one and I'm delighted to say someone who was in the studio witnessing the, the witnessing <laughs> the, the, carnage. the carnage and the chaoticness <laughs> that was technical issues and going I wear stars sorry um is I'm delighted to see Greg Johnson is here from Tide Sense Martins. Hello sir. Hello. Um and it's a pleasure to have these guys back on because these are guys have been on the show before. Yeah. Um so I guess the most obvious thing Greg is um is to say how are you first of all being a mental health show? <laughs> um first so question one and also um so how's um you guys been since we last saw you? Uh, yeah, good all good, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to Christmas like everybody else I Great. suppose yeah yeah um and everything's hunky dory we've had quite a good year in terms of finance this year at uh, at Samaritans uh, Fantastic, right, yeah. which which is always good because we don't get any government grants everything we get we've got to raise ourselves mm-hmm. or we get bequests and sometimes we get grants mm-hmm. so uh, yeah we've done very well there um usual uh, high number of calls unfortunately 50,000 calls uh, last year i think something like that wow, just in our branch wow yeah so yeah so obviously our service fills a great need yeah what's what what makes me curious is like the is the fact that it's called Tyneside Samaritans and so you say 50,000 a year like so how do how do they dissect like who you get is it just basically you get crowbarred in everyone from Tyneside no, Tyneside? no it calls come from anywhere in the country okay it's a kind of like as you'd expect a computerized system I see uh, and okay. somebody makes a call and it just goes to the first available person ah, I see okay. so even if you call in from Tyneside you may not come through to our branch you will okay. try us first but if all our phones are busy, I'll just start Yeah, because obviously it's prioritising yeah, yeah, someone yeah, who's yeah. in danger, potentially. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you can talk to somebody any, anywhere in the country, really. Great. In Northern Ireland and Scotland, too. Okay, because, yeah, cause, yeah well, that, I'm glad I asked that then, because it makes me curious to say... Uh, is there any, um, uh, like, times that... Like, so, in terms of the fact that it's called Tyneside, what actually... Is there any um, sort of thing related to Tyneside, like in this area that you guys do, hence the name? Uh, uh, in, not not, not especially. I mean, okay. uh, we, we, we just one branch of, of uh, 200 uh, yeah, across the country. Basically, yeah. Uh, but um, obviously, everybody, all our volunteers live within the area. Yeah. Uh, and we certainly do, we do outreach work yes. um, in the areas. Yeah, right? yeah. We do different things. Uh, mm-hmm. People might have been aware we've had a shop in the Metro Centre. Yes. Uh, this last well, two I asked you about that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, well, if you want to talk about that now, or, or yeah, later, feel yeah. free. To yeah, yeah. yeah well, that was that was that was the original. Uh, I saw it in yeah. a newspaper article. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I thought that was very intriguing. So yeah. I like yeah. Yeah. get yeah, you want it now? So go ahead. Unfortunately, today's the last day, so you haven't been able to go. Okay. You've missed out. But we're not selling stuff. It's just really awareness raising. Um, and information anybody who needs to go in and chat we've got space in there it will be open until 4 o'clock today so there's still a couple of hours ok right yeah. oh uh, great it's it's been, been, it's yeah. been a little bit of fundraising we've had a, a barrow going around the, the, the market selling yeah. in, in, in the market selling wanted to do our trinkets and that kind of thing but not in the shop we're not mm-hmm. allowed to do that in the shop mm-hmm. um, and uh, we've had uh, 
Dirt Edition. I've got some figures here. I got, got yesterday from our director. We had 932 contacts over the last 10 days or so. That's really good. Yeah, yeah, 408 volunteer hours. So there's a lot of people. When you say contacts, are people willing to just donate their time? Just and people come in. Or interactions, you know, People come yeah. in to talk and yeah. whatever they want to do. Right. Some just browse our materials, whatever wow, it is. Wow, I, mean, like, I mean, that's like, what, 90 a day? Yeah. Something yeah, like that, yeah, 90 yeah, a day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it yeah. no, I mean, <laughs> depends how you look at it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really course, good in yeah, the sense yeah, of you're helping yeah, people, but I guess you would prefer that people didn't need help. But Yeah, but you see what I mean. Yeah, well, it's always difficult to gauge the success of something like that. Of course, yeah. You know, the fact that we... We're out there, as far as we're concerned, is a success. We might get some people volunteering as well. We're always mm-hmm. looking for volunteers, always looking for volunteers. Yeah. Um, so if somebody decides they want to volunteer with us, well, that's that's great. I that's suppose really in, this, in this sense, there can never be enough volunteers. The that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, we do uh, three or four recruitment events every year, okay. and generally about 10 to 15 volunteers come out mm-hmm. of that, that pool of, uh, of recruitments really there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and But we've got fairly rapid turnover. So our, we usually have about 110, 120 volunteers at any one time. And the average um, time for a volunteer is about two years. Great. Um, but some people have been there for 40 years. Yeah. You know? um, so, yeah, it's, and on all ages as well. Mm-hmm. And what's the what's the sort of variation with all the, the roles within volunteering? I guess there's like, you know, being on the end of the phone or fundraising, that sort of thing. Uh, well, m- m- most of our volunteers uh, are what we call listening volunteers. Okay. And they're on the phone okay. listening to people. We also yeah. take texts and uh-huh. emails as well. Mm-hmm. But most of the time it's spent... Uh, on the phones, talking mm-hmm. to people, listening to people who are in distress and, and mm-hmm. need our help. Uh, but there's also a chance for other things, like I, I'm involved with a bit of outreach and I go to talk to students mm-hmm. sometimes, organisations, okay. yeah. uh, who might maybe have had a suicide at the, the mm-hmm. workplace and they want to talk to us about how they can try to prevent things like that or a bit of, uh, you know, just a bit of uh, support and a very, very difficult time. And when yeah. you s- sorry, sorry to okay. interject there, but when you say students, is that is that part of a drive, do you think, to, because obviously with young people, you know, mental health and suicide has obviously become kind of more of an yeah. epidemic now, yeah. isn't it, recently? Yeah, but it's not necessarily, you know... That, um, a very focused thing. Oh, we must we must go and work yeah. with students. Yeah. We're aware that there's a need there, yeah. so we do that. And also, we get lots of students volunteering for us as well. Oh, cool. Um, I mean, they'll generally only stay for the, perhaps the three years yeah. of their course, obviously. Yeah. But that's yeah. fine. And they yeah. might go on some volunteer wherever it is they live. So we're okay with that. You know, mm-hmm. we, we you don't have a particular time you've got to volunteer for one year, two years, mm-hmm. or three mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. If you can only do six months, you know, we, we'd mm-hmm. be happy. We'd rather you did longer. Mm-hmm. But the, the, it's it's always good to get new volunteers. Always get good to get young blood. Mm-hmm. We have volunteers aged from minimum age is eighteen. Mm-hmm. We have volunteers from eighteen to eighty. Okay. In fact, I think our oldest member is ninety three. Wow. So yeah. Yeah, so we've, we've we've got we've got yeah. a, a very wide range of, of yeah. volunteers. Yeah. Yeah. Just to go back to the shop for a minute, yeah, though, go ahead, well. yeah, and and uh, that's still open today. If people want to pop mm-hmm. in there and say hello to people, uh, we've raised already raised one thousand three hundred eighteen pounds. It was yesterday. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, that was that was the total up to yesterday, and then we've had a tumble and we've had the, the barrow going round, so there might be a bit added to that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for us, that's a lot of money. You know, yeah. it, it, it's really well well needed. Uh, we're always fundraising. It's the first time we've done it at Metro Centre. We'll maybe do it again next year. 
uh, we'll, we'll see what the Metro Centre themselves think about that. And this was a joint project with the, the, the Bladen MP, Liz Twist. That's right, yeah. Well, Liz, Liz is actually a, a volunteer as well. Yeah. She's a listening volunteer. But yeah, Liz, Liz She's been at the store. Yeah. I've seen a picture down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. been down. In fact, I did the shift with Liz last night. All so right. Yeah, we were, we were both on a night shift. How is she? Night because night. I know with she, she has a backstory that's connected to this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I'm not overly familiar. I know there was some suicide yeah. in in, in uh, the, 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 the backstory yeah, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, as there often is with, with volunteers mm -hmm. I mean for myself I mean the, the thing that probably raised my interest was uh, when I was at college and I still get emotional about this it was 30 years ago and a, a friend there committed suicide mm -hmm. uh, and it came really out of the blue you know and I, I had no idea and it shocked you it shocks you really similar experience to me I was I mentioned on the show I've told to Steve that a friend of mine who I used to be a community activist quite years ago and then when I had my own breakdown obviously I was out of the loop so I didn't know right. what people were and then I met with an old friend just back in the spring and I was doing the thing oh how's so and so how's so and so mm. And Alice, her name was, and then I very tragically I found out that she, she took her own life. Yeah. It was a few years yeah. ago. I didn't know yeah. about it then, but it's, it was still a, mm. you know, it felt like a kick to the stomach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the ripples really go out when you, something mm. like that happens yeah. to a friend or a relative. It's, it has a deficit. It's almost now everywhere when you, everyone you talk to, and I, you know, I, just on a taxi taxi ride just up here, every, it's almost like, you know, they say one in four deal with a mental health on a personal yeah, yeah. basis. Yeah. But it's almost like suicide now. It's everyone you talk to either knows mm. someone or knows of mm. someone. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very distressing. Yeah, I mean, in the northeast particularly, it's the biggest killer mm -hmm. of young people. Yeah, life. we know. Yeah, um, and the northeast is worse than anywhere in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, and we try to do something about that. I mean, Samaritans are are. are, are mission statement if you like is we want less people to die by suicide yeah. it's a very simple straightforward mm -hmm. thing that we, mm -hmm. we try to, yeah. to aim for really you know and, and it must be it must be and the thing is is that like you know I, I guess if we were being really blunt about it is that there's a lot more suicides attempted than are successful mm. if, you, if you see what I mean yeah. and so that yeah. so my premise is as awful of a sentence that is is that it is avoidable yeah um, I, I think yeah. is the point and so yeah. you know the, the, the whole idea yeah. about prevention I mean the thing that uh, really the thing that really upset me the other day and uh, my partner mentioned it to me is that um, there was a metro delay because um, another thing that's obviously very very upsetting is that you know it's, it's, I, you seem to hear this every now and again that mm. someone jumps in front of a metro um, yeah. in yeah. in, in, uh, in yeah. the northeast, mm -hmm. and that happened a couple of days ago and the thing that I found upsetting you know angry and I got quite emotional about it is a lot of people online going oh god it's yeah. disrupted my micro like oh I'm, I'm going to be late and stuff yeah, and I'm yeah, going yeah. nobody has a thought mm -hmm. for yeah. the actual life that's been lost that's and right. I don't even yeah. know who this person is mm -hmm. yeah. and yet my first response is I'm like sad for that person yeah. because I have empathy yeah. and they Absolutely, only care yeah. about like being like 20 yeah. minutes late to work or whatever yeah, it is yeah. and it's yeah. like that That do yeah. you find that like worrying yeah. That, yeah, that, I do, you yeah. Know? yeah I do I do find that worrying I do yeah. try to challenge that when I yeah. come across that and I'll say to people come on you know this is a person who's lost their life they're very distressed mm -hmm. people often say don't they though, though you know that suicide's a coward's way out and things like this mm -hmm. but it's really not mm -hmm. I think people who are thinking about suicide they're in a really really dark place uh, and they have the feelings they have are things like of worthlessness and that, that, that nobody would often people often say to us 
nobody would care if I wasn't here. Yeah. And I think that's really, really true. Yes. There'll always be somebody. I mean, I care. I might not know people, but I care. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I sometimes say that to callers, you know. Well, well, just on what you just said there, when you challenge people, you said you're prepared to do that. What sort of reaction do you get? Do you, do you find that you, you can change hearts it, and minds? I think perhaps. It, it varies, I think. Yeah. Really. It depends on me. Maybe some people are just set on that. They say, oh, it's just a coward's way out. But others yeah. will say, oh, yeah, okay. I'm sorry, yeah. Mm. I should have thought more. Yeah. yeah. Do you agree with the principle of that? I think people who say that it's a coward's way out have never been in that situation. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Um, or perhaps they've never had, had a, a friend or a relative who's yeah. who died through. Yeah. So I just think again, it's like because we talk about this all the time, and it's not you know we don't do a show where we go, oh, you know, you're ignorant or whatever it is, because I mean there is ignorance around. I mean I think that's the elephant in the room when we're discussing this thing about suicide yeah. in particular. But I just think it's the case of that they've never felt that way. And they therefore don't understand it, therefore they can't have empathy towards it because, yeah. um, you know, we say all the time a good comparison, I think, is depression. Yeah. Is that too many people, you know how you said, like, you know, no one cares about me. People say that flippantly, they get attention these days. Mm. Um, whereas actually a person who says no one cares about me and really feels it, then that's something you need to help them with because yeah. that's, they've lost yeah, their self-esteem and self-respect yeah. and yeah. all that other stuff. And I think yeah. we, um, do you agree with the premise of, I think, we're too flippant in saying stuff like, no one cares, I'm really depressed, you yeah. know, because, I, I, and that they misconstrue, like, you know, yeah. Yeah, the, what they are? Yeah, I think people just often say things without thinking. Yes. And I, as you said earlier there, it's just that they perhaps haven't had the experience of, you know what's happening. Yeah. Um, things haven't happened to them. Um, it, it's a really, really difficult ditch to get into. I think, yeah. Really. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it's difficult then to get out of that. Yeah. Mm. Um, however, having said that, I mean, you know, only twenty percent of the calls that we take in, in well, nationally, twenty percent of the calls that Samaritans take um, is people who are suicidal. Okay. Uh, uh, the, the rest, uh, they might be just having a bad day. Sometimes people phone up just to say, I need to talk. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're perhaps lonely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we do want to encourage people, if they're feeling that way, to call. Yeah. Um, they'll always get a, a hearing. You know, we, 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 some, some uh, charities, I think, uh, they, they cut people off after a certain time, so you, we've got 20 minutes. We'll talk to people for as long as they need. Mm -hmm. I mean, clearly you can't go on all night, mm -hmm. but, you know, we give people lots of... Uh, lots of time to talk. Yeah. I mean, I was on a tutor last night on a shift from um, 10 till 3 this morning, um, and I only took about four calls because three of those were almost an hour long. So, in a five hour shift, mm -hmm. three hours we're just talking to three people. Okay. So, you know, that, and that's that's relatively common, particularly in a night shift. Yeah. I yeah. also found as well, right? Um, I, I'm sorry, Ricky, you, right, you, no, can, go after, you can go after me. I just I'm thought just, of the, I come up one case. Yeah, that's fine. Things. No worries. Yeah, but, um, feel free. You can ask a question in a second. I just. Um, I was curious because I don't know whether Ricky remembers me bringing this up a long time ago, but I'm a huge fan of Red Dwarf. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, which is obviously back on the airways now, and I'm a huge fan. I've been watching some old episodes because I do it over the Christmas period. Um, but one of the things I remember, there's an episode really, really far in, and I remember asking my parents about this back in the day because it started in nine, uh, February 1988. Um, and I remember there was a really early episode of that where they kept making jokes about the Samaritans, like as in in a negative sense. And I remember asking this in a, in a previous show because we've had a lot of people from Samaritans on about saying that, um, you know, that it was often looked at as a frowned upon thing uh, a lot of the time. And I'm just curious as to, like, to find, because I think that has shifted in terms of the, I think there's a lot more people willing to, 
You know, because we talked about, um, we talked, for example, I guess the reason I'm thinking of this is we talked about suicide uh, with young people in the northeast. Yeah. Well, the other the other crowbar to that, which we've talked about, is a lot of that's males, yeah, you know, yeah. young males, yeah, yeah, and yeah. therefore it makes you think of the stereotypical view of, which might be true of the males stereotypically don't talk That's as much and all that sort yeah. of stuff so I'm curious yeah. based on your experience yeah. whether A has that has that view shifted mm. and also um, do you see like um, any disparity between male and female callers is there, is there more than others or is that just it, a it, it, it varies to some extent depending on the age to some extent okay. I mean for instance uh, uh, women or females between the age of I think uh, I think it, the figures are like 12 and 19 yep. uh, are much more prone to, to suicide than later in life yes. because of you know issues about you know body and, and, yeah. and weight and that kind of emotional thing. affect them you know yeah. but, but but more generally men are still more prone to suicide than women yes particularly in that age group we talked about earlier mm-hmm. it's still at the, you know 18 to 25 and that's because blokes don't talk mm-hmm. you know they, we just we don't talk to each other as well as, as females do uh, women seem to have a much more um, uh, uh, active social mm-hmm. sort of context to yes. talk and, and and they do talk much more about what's on their mind um, and I think that's even more acute in the North East because yeah. it's fairly macho isn't it really in the yeah. still, unfortunately yeah. uh, I think it is getting better to answer the second part we, yeah. you know, we've seen some slight drops in suicide rates Good. not enough Please see but with mm-hmm. some so when we don't really know why that is mm-hmm. I mean I could say oh it's because we're all talking mm-hmm. to them but I'm sure it's not really mm-hmm. there's perhaps other reasons I don't know um, and certainly suicide rates are connected to things like the economy yeah. uh, and yes. unemployment and poverty yeah. uh, and you can see that very yeah. clearly and even though most politicians will say oh there's no connection there because mm-hmm. they don't want to go down that route but mm-hmm. for me just as a lay person listening on the phones that's quite evident Mm-hmm. Steve, I think you made a, a great point there. Like, you know, the terminology of Samaritans used in that context, it was used in a very comedic way back in the day. Mm-hmm. But I think now people are more careful to use that because yeah, of the, yeah. the obvious connotations, you know, seriousness of it is. Like, there's a famous clip in Faulty Towers where he says, oh, Samaritans were engaged. engaged. Yeah. You know, that, that line. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, oh, reach for the Prozac every time you, you feel down. It was yeah. like another one. Yeah, that's, oh, what that's I mean. a great it point. And, I, and I'm glad we're moving away from that now. Yeah, yeah. I, I can you, can you so. talk a little bit more about this time of year and the reasons why people feel the need to? Because I imagine yours. Yeah, that was, the obvious, that was the obvious progression well, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, many people <coughs> would realise that too. Was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we do get busy. Loneliness, that sort of thing, yeah. Loneliness. And I think because around Christmas, it's always about being happy and jolly mm-hmm. and families and yeah. and that kind of thing. And for some people, that's not a reality. No. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. you, you, I'm sure my colleagues down there in the branch in Jasmine will be talking mm-hmm. to people tonight, even maybe even now as we talk about. Yeah, people particularly over the weekend, I imagine. Christmas, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 how they're going to cope with that, what they're yep. going to do. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it's just you know people just want to talk to somebody about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. They aren't necessarily going to end the life, but mm-hmm. you know they t- they have, I'm in this position now. I, I don't know. I'm going to get out of it. And quite often, what we do is we, we allow people just to get those horrible, awkward thoughts out yeah. and think about them, mm-hmm. and, and then they come to their own conclusions. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can spend uh, half an hour on the phone with somebody, yeah. uh, and you'll you won't say much. 
just mm. ask a couple of open questions mm. and at the end of the course they well thanks you really helped me mm. uh, thanks for your advice you haven't mm. given them any advice mm. but you've let them work through to some kind of solution yeah you're like, a, you're like you're um, like a, a catalyst or like yeah. a, you know yeah. almost like a lightning rod of like um, you know yeah. of giving them the opportunity to think and and in being a safe zone because I think the reason the whole reason I asked you about Samaritans there uh, like the, the view changing is I think like the thing that I wanted to say and I've talked about this on the show before is to say that I I use the Samaritans, but I remember I, I remembered like when I was a teenager because I had bipolar disorder, so I went through a, a yeah, lot yeah, of bad yeah. a lot of bad um, feelings and not sure how to deal with them all that kind of stuff. And I remember ringing you guys up um, uh, during the time that I was just really confused and I wasn't getting on with my parents and all that kind of stuff. So to me, I seemed like a very you know a person who would use your services. But I think the thing is, is just the reason I I wanted to say that is to say that I think more people like myself need to. You know, I was curious because I feel like I should be saying that I use the Samaritans, but I just yeah, said yeah, right yeah. back in the time. Yeah. Um, at the time that I did it, I, I for some reason, because I think my parents instigated this in me that it was a that it was a you were ashamed of doing that, and I guess that's yeah. what I'm saying. Um, and it cro- the reason I'm saying this is because it crowbars exactly what you were talking about yeah. is that mm-hmm. you know we talk about being creative on this show or having an outlet I think is the right Absolutely. way of saying yeah. it and because yeah. um, we've had musicians on you know yeah. I, I like playing guitar and yeah. I like playing yeah. video games to, to, yeah. to settle my mind and yeah. and it's having an outlet to uh, you know be open and to deal with stuff yeah. because yeah. I can't tell you like you know I mean because people I was fortunate enough that I was able to like afford therapy when I worked for, worked a lot more than I do now and um, I can't tell you the number of times where I would go once a week on a Monday, and I would and I would walk out and feel like the whole entire world had left my shoulders. And and I'm assuming, in a really you know basic sense, that that's why the Samaritans are wonderful. And it showcases that a therapy, which basically just means speaking out loud, um, yeah. is a wonderful thing. And yeah. um, you know, I, 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 the reason I'm saying all this is to ask you directly. Do you find it interesting that people still, I still find um, that, you know, resistance still of people not wanting to, you know, express themselves and talk about their, essentially their inner demons. And I'm curious to know why, you know, how do we help them and why that's the case? I I think it's still there. It's still there. But um, the only way we can break down those kind of barriers and stigmas really is by talking about, by doing things like this. Yes. And by going out into communities and talking to people. We've we've done a few sessions just down the road down at Newcastle College there, Mm -hmm. just talking to people who were doing the GCSEs Mm -hmm. and and the pressure Mm -hmm. under Mm -hmm. there, doing some awareness raising there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and, you know, basic message that we sometimes try to put out is it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. You know, Good and point. for people to talk about it. Having said that, um, I, I think there are signs, you know, that people are opening up more. Uh, I mean, uh, um, I was at a, a session uh, not too long ago in a college where one of the students uh, has said in, in general discussion that he was going to see his therapist that night. Um, and uh, is the, the person sitting next to him, a friend, said, oh, why are you going there? But in a very interested way, rather than a, a critical mm-hmm. kind of way. Yeah. Now, when I, when I was at school, if you'd said you're yeah. going to see a therapist, yeah. it would have been, well, you're, you must be a loser. I know, I know. Uh, and yeah. I think that's changed, yeah. thankfully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a bit more of a, 
uh, an understanding that people come under pressure, they need to do something about it. But there's still a stigma. Well, there's a curriculum underway that, that you know every school should have a counselling yeah, service yeah. for, for kids. Yeah, so as you right, see yeah. at GCSEs, the pressures for exams yeah, can be immense yeah, for, yeah. for vulnerable I think kids. more so now as well for young people, that yeah. kind of pressure is much more intense. With a story, yeah, I was doing absolutely. Yeah. I remember when I, I remember it like because I'm I'm 31 now, and I and I I remember when um. When I first went to school, there was a counsellor, and then all of a sudden, she just didn't ha- what didn't exist. Um, she no longer was there, and I think exa- exactly right is that um, I, I I mean we 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 uh, we say this on the show till t- probably people are bored of the repetition, but we always say mental health should be addressed before you're 16 oh, yeah, because yeah, it only took me till I was at university when people started to go right. He has these yeah. things called depression. He has bipolar disorder. He has dyslexia, which I only ever knew I had when I got reached university, yeah. and it is it does feel like too much like you know everyone goes oh you you, you know you're spoon fed you're told the same information at school bloody bloody blah but then i think the problem is we don't look at people as individuals and go mm. you know we and, and actually yeah. like it's too wild west in the sense of we're not giving them the surely the whole point is to give them the tools so they can Absolutely. handle stuff yeah. later yeah, in yeah. life like yeah. you know rather than just if we're all yeah. getting the same information we're not developing we're just yeah. we're just all the same and, and not to feel ashamed if you are going to see a therapist yes. Absolutely. Yeah, because a therapist is the doctor in a way isn't it they're helping yeah. you through a, a difficult time yep um, and, and making you well Mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic that you guys are like looking at this area with young people because, like you say, with exams, I I experienced my very first panic attack during the sort of the run up to G- G- my GCSEs, mm-hmm. and I was yeah. like, yeah. "What's going on here? What's that? Surely everyone has this, but except I'm just doing it. I'm dealing it in a, in a worse way than everybody else. Yeah. Everyone seems to be. Had I had I had a sort of the talking therapy service there available. You know, because they yeah. say exams come along, but there's no real preparation out there for just how to, how to deal with it. It's just there, do them. Yeah. I know you get yeah. mock exams and things, yeah. but well, you do the revision, yeah, and, and you, you're told read this, read that, know. know this, know that, but you're not told. Well, when you're going to the exam, you're going to feel under pressure. Don't panic. It's okay. Just those words don't panic. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. you know, whoosh <laughs> over your head. You know, yeah, yeah. But it's like yeah. um. If you're a vulnerable child and you, as I say, panic, panic attacks, anxiety attacks, which is a common feature, there's, there's no way of getting around that without help. And if you've got That's exams right, coming yeah. along, it could yeah. be it's a yeah. double-edged sword, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Really? And obviously, you, 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 talk, you talked earlier about the, the type of calls we get and how yeah. we get them. At exam time, we get lots of calls really? from students. Right, okay. You know, and, and who are very, very distressed yeah. sometimes. And sometimes you almost say, it's okay. Mm-hmm. This you know this this term you'll get yeah. through the exams you'll be fine but it, you, you, you've got to couch it in slightly mm-hmm. different terms really yeah. that's the message you're trying mm-hmm. to put across there because you know we, we, when we talk to people we, we, our principles are we don't want to be judgmental yeah. or confidential we're not, we're not going to give you advice mm-hmm. we're just going to talk to you listen mm-hmm. to you help you think about what your mm-hmm. options are and where you can go mm-hmm. from where you are now to somewhere else mm-hmm. uh, and how hopefully your, your, your mental health will improve mm-hmm. in, in, that, in that jump mm-hmm. yeah, that yeah, we've got a couple of minutes left with you because we need to stop okay. for ads yep. so there's two quick questions I want to yep. ask you is because um, I'm curious I mean this may be an obvious question but so this because I wanted to crowbar back to the Metro Centre because that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's one of the stuff you talk yeah. about is um, I'm just curious into did you decide that you wanted to do that be, is it in relation to the people who are shop at like because of shopping being difficult because I mean we, uh, me and my partner watch a lot of like you know Martin Lewis 
this is stuff about being That's financially secure. Question. And I'm curious yeah. to know, like, yeah. did you pick that because of all the financial worries of people yeah. feeling that they have to shop outrageously? And no, not necessarily the metro centre. I think you know there's a feeling that we needed to maybe address some of those things. But yes, the, uh, so that was part of it, and then getting our message out to a lot of people is part of it. Yes. But uh, mm-hmm. the other thing was that uh, I understand that the metro centre uh, within the management structure, there's a couple of suicides last year. Oh really? So oh, they really? wanted to raise the awareness oh, in honour of those people. All right. Uh, and that sometimes happens, you know, yeah. when an organisation comes to it's because something's happened yeah. within the organisation and mm-hmm. think, oh, we should be really do something about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And so that's where some of that came from. Okay. Of course, you know, you mentioned Liz Twist, the MP. Liz is mm-hmm. uh, a guest resident and she's got mm-hmm. links there and, and so she's very mm-hmm. keen to promote that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that, that was the reasons for that. But we're keen to get a message out anywhere. I mean, if there's anybody out there listening and wants to us to get in touch, you know, go through the website mm-hmm. uh, and we can probably get something to talk to you, think about what mm-hmm. you might need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, likewise, before we finish as well I'd like to get a plug in for recruitment okay. if anybody yeah. who's interested look at our website yeah, yeah. send a message in we're always looking for volunteers mm-hmm. it's tough it's not for everybody um, you're going to hear some really stress, stressful and difficult things but uh, at the end of it it's very rewarding you can come out of the branch as I did last night feeling as though you've helped somebody mm-hmm. uh, and that's always Great. a good feeling mm-hmm. yeah absolutely you know? so, yeah. And, and also it helps to put your own problems into context absolutely you know? yeah. you, 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 you talk to people and they've had chaotic Gr- lives yeah. and difficult lives and you think crikey you know I'm, I'm worried because I, uh, my bosses give me a hard time yeah. to do it that's a really no. good way of living life because I mean we I say this to my partner all the time because I mean I've only got a month old baby well this is t- turns a month old tomorrow and you know obviously it's very it's a very hard work having yeah, a kid yeah, and all that kind of stuff yeah. but me and my partner who have got a great communication relationship we talk about everything and we often find ourselves reflecting going it's hard but like at least we've got each other and like you know we always say to each other like god how can you do this as a single parent i have nothing Mm -hmm. but respect for anyone who can do that by themselves because when we get exhausted we pass her on because we do shifts so it's like okay you can take over now so we can recover because i think that's the only way you can do it and so yeah yeah, the reason i'm saying this is i'm so pleased you ended on that because it's like if you if you have if you can develop the tool to look at things respectively and look at things in the bigger picture Mm -hmm. you'll realize like you can be a lot more grateful and be value the things that you actually have yeah. and be more self-aware to go like things maybe Absolutely. aren't as bad as you actually think they are yeah. Yeah. Um, you know so yeah. that's a powerful point so yeah. finally um, where can people get in touch with you okay um, well you, know. you can phone the, the uh, national number mm-hmm. is 116123 great it's, it's free it's 24 hours uh, 365 days a, a, a year, a year, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. You, can, you always get there. Sometimes you might have to wait because the lines are busy. Yeah, you get through. Mm-hmm. You can go via uh, via email at joe at samaritans dot org, um, and just look at the website for any other details. Mm-hmm. Our branch in is at uh, Portland Terrace, 15 yep. Portland Terrace in Jesmond. We do a, a walk in there as well between okay. 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. You can just go down. Oh, you might okay. have to wait a little while for somebody to come down because we're on the phone upstairs, but ring the bell and somebody will come down great it's like an actual personal one on one type thing that's good we don't get many face to faces but the options there people want to come in that's fantastic yeah Yeah. I was uh, kind of hoping you would say that because you know obviously the dichotomy is some people might not like work but I know people who prefer talking than being on the phone I'm definitely like that I don't like talking on the phone Um, so yeah that's pretty good and people can also text as well yes Um, I think 
off the, I haven't got the number here. That's okay. I think it's all, all 7225 I think. But yeah, it's on the website. Our website, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you so much, Greg, for coming in. And as, no as I say, I'm, I'm a hugely, we're both hugely grateful for you to, mm-hmm. to give your time up twice because okay. I apologise for last week. Yeah. Um, right. Obviously, that you know, it's just stuff that couldn't, beyond yeah. our control. So we are hugely grateful that you can come back. And you're more and than welcome to come on again if you've got anything else to put. Um, just let us know. Yeah. 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 Great. Yeah. And yeah, I think um, I think the good thing to give back in Christmas because me and my partner are thinking about doing this is maybe maybe volunteer at some charity somewhere and well, yeah, are a good choice yeah. because I think giving back is kind of good. Again, yeah. it's all about being yeah. grateful and rewarding, and, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah I know. Yeah, I've done it before. It's yeah. good. A lot, so. a lot different to a work experience. Yeah, you know, you, you get different things from volunteering. Absolutely, yeah, brilliant. Right, thank you, Greg. Merry Christmas. Much. Happy New Year. Yeah, Merry Christmas. And, uh, yeah, yeah, thank you, everybody. And, and as we say, because obviously the subject matter is very, very delicate, is if you are generally feeling like this, please do uh, use yeah. the number provided. Um, One, you know. One, two, three. Great. Excellent. Right, we're going to take some break for some ads now here on Mentally Sound on Spice FM 98.8 FM. Before I forget to say, um, our Twitter is at underscore mentally sound. If there's anything question relies for Greg, I'm sure we can pass it on. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and if there's anything you want to ask me and Ricky, that's the tweet. Um, I've got it up right now. With thank you for some retweets. Samaritans have retweeted us, which is nice. Um, so yeah, uh, you can talk to us through that. But we're going to take a break for some ads. I'm going to play "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree" by Brenda Lee, and we'll be right back after these messages. Sick of the same old radio sound? <sighs> then you need Vibrant Radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. The Glasses Factory has arrived on West Road in Newcastle. To celebrate the opening of our new flagship store, the Glasses Factory are offering free eye tests, plus a £5 voucher for each eye test conducted. The Glasses Factory are always here to help. We have multilingual assistants in Punjabi and Urdu, and also both male and female attendants. See for yourself. The Glasses Factory, 498 Westgate Road, Newcastle. Call 0191 273 8460. Log on at glassesfactory.co.uk or search us out on Facebook. Have you heard about the latest wedding and events venue in town? The New Bridge Hotel in the heart of Newcastle City Centre is now available for Asian weddings, celebrations and events. The New Bridge Hotel's newly refurbished Granger Suite has a capacity of up to 400 guests and the Time Suite is the perfect setting for a welcome drinks reception. We are fully equipped for your choice of caterer to work from our kitchens and will also provide all your crockery, cutlery, glassware and linen. The New Bridge Hotel, New Bridge Street, Newcastle, offering a unique, unforgettable experience for your big day. For more information, get in touch with our dedicated wedding coordinator on 0191 250 5400 or email sales at the
Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Yuletide carols being sung by choir, and folks dressed up like Eskimos. Everybody knows. A turkey and some mistletoe help to make the season bright. Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight. They know that Santa's on his way. He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh, and every mother's child is gonna spy to see if reindeer really know how to fly. And so I'm offering this simple phrase to kids from one to ninety-two. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to. One to ninety-two. 
Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. Hello everyone, welcome back to Mentally Stand on Space FM 98.8 FM. We played uh, Nat King Cole with uh, the Christmas one, um, just because uh, we were just chatting about to Greg because there was a couple of there was a couple of um, of questions I wanted to ask him in relation to the Smartens because um, this is an important distinction to make. Um, so we just uh, tuned in. Uh, welcome, with Mrs. Mentally Sound here on Space FM about mental health, and we just were talking to Greg from uh, Tyneside Samaritans. And one thing about Samaritans which is uh, you know unique. Uh, in relation to charities that offer that kind of service, you know, phone, you know, phoning them up or, as you mentioned, one-on-one sessions, is you don't have to reveal um, any particular information at all. Um, so, you know, so I, I asked them during the break about anonymity, as in, like, you know, do you have to, um, you know, say your name or where you're from or what you're doing, and you don't, um, it, and they don't pass your information on. So, Greg wanted to, ma- I, I said once we talked to Greg about that, I wanted to make sure uh, that we mentioned that because I think it's an important distinction to make. Um, so yeah, so um, honestly, please do. Um, uh, so there's one one six one two three is the number that's free to call, um, or you can email Joe at Samaritans dot org, and um, it's Samaritans dot org is the website. Um, uh, for that's obviously just generic Samaritans as opposed to Tyneside who we just had on. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, I remember actually Joe at Samaritans. I remember that email address. Cause I think it's been like that. The generic, the generic Joe. Name, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, Joe, the anonymous person. So yeah. So I thought it was a fantastic interview. It was mm-hmm. super interesting. And I thought the Metro Centre thing was a fantastic idea. The thing I was going to ask him, but we ran out of time, was just wondering whether they were going to do it again. Um, because I think the idea of having like a sort of pop-in play... I think you were going to look at it. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting that they but asked I thought them. you asked a great question, because in particular, I'm not sure it was in their original remit to have the pop-up stall there, but this, this, this issue around like you know people going out shopping and issue of debt, and we, we know from, from the shows that we've done this year, the link between debt and suicide mental health that yep. there is a strong link there yeah so that would have that would have answered that particular issue as well had they been there and people yeah because i can imagine a bit because i was just thinking a scenario of walking around the metro center mm-hmm. and a parent trying to get like a toy that that kid asked for and then finding that they can't afford it mm-hmm. and the guilt and the mental health aspect mm-hmm. of just feeling really um you know sort of let down by that and i'm just thinking wouldn't that be uh wouldn't that be an understandable thing to want to go to Samaritans to basically be like oh I think it's um, so compelling imperative I mean I am the same I mean I was shopping around for my nephews and was like right I've given myself a budget um, and often you know you can find really great bargains and sometimes the simplest things can often be the most nicest gifts you can yeah, give absolutely but you can't help but, but feel the pressures you know consumerism um, is so large these days you know you could argue that the, the issue of Christmas has often been hijacked by the corporates, the selling issue, and, and the pressures of having to make everyone happy and buy buying the kids the latest because you know when kids go to school and they compare themselves with their peers, mm-hmm. it's like what did you get for Christmas? And it's like you wanna you want you wanna appear like you've done well and you've got some really nice you know and then and then you yeah know, you don't want you, you, the last thing you want your kid to feel is either inferior or, or, or jealous or you know. Have you, you can instill that into your into your child, can't you? Still, yeah, of course. I, I would like to think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, it's funny that me and Haley are already sort of talking about that in relation to Luna. Sort of, you know, you do the whole like um, 
he did a sort of like uh, <laughs> like de- sort of feature dreaming or whatever whatever the right terminology is of, of figuring out like how you're going to approach certain things yeah. when you you could get sold out. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we want to instill in Luna because this is what we want to be like as a, as, as adults mm-hmm. is that you know we were talking about this in the previous interview about being grateful about things and and and. You know, it doesn't mean that if you don't get like the the latest phone that you're a failure. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that worries me about today's society yeah, for kids yeah. is that if they don't have the latest thing, they think it's yeah. like a status symbol of that they're not doing very well. I, remember like, my I don't have the I don't have the latest phone. I mean, my no. friend got the my friend got the latest iPhone and showed me it at the pub. And my first reaction was, I love my phone. My phone's an S eight. Which is only like a year and a half old or something, or two, and and I'm I'm absolutely thrilled with my phone. So, you know, because we I'm I had thrilled that. with mine, yeah. even though the the company it's made by is often maligned nowadays. But, <laughs> but it's, it, it, I won't name the name, but it yeah. shares itself with a popular fruit. <laughs> the phone. <laughs> the phone. <laughs> Actually, that and can be one or two, can't it? And the, yeah, I know. Yes, it can. It can. And I can so that's, you can that's, work that's out, listeners at home, you can work out. Yeah, the there's a company called Banana. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fruit, is it? I don't think, technically. Um, yeah. The the tangerine. The grapefruit. The grapefruit 2.5. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other puns, like, you know. Hello, this is um, this is Carplum Warehouse. But <laughs> 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 oh, in, in your when you were at school, what what was the the, the latest fads that you come? Because in my my oh, era, it was, yeah. it was like the football boots and trainers and yeah, and, football yeah. boots. But then, having said that, what the, the the beauty about football boots is, I remember like everyone wanted to all get you know like um sort of Adidas. It was the, I remember the Adidas, and I ended up getting a pair eventually. Like, but the mold, the molded ones, like red, the red and black Adidas, like sort of classic ones. Like, I remember people like really wanted to get them when I played football mm-hmm. a lot more regularly. But I remember like, and they weren't expensive. I remember getting gold boots. This is when Ronaldo wore gold boots in the nineties. He you wore like one. Boots? I got oh. gold boots. Well, they were just gold plate. They were like gold plated or anything. Yeah. They just it was gold. They were gold. They were gold um, color, yeah. and they were Nike. They were Nike, um, and I'm sure um, the Brazilian. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, Brazilian Ronaldo. Yeah, um, and I'm sure he was the one who started that trend. But like, it didn't really like sort of caught on like it does now when you know, like you know, Ronaldo has like a a, a boot out, or like Michael Jordan's a really good one, a good the example. And, like, yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, CR 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 seven CR sevens. I think they're called. Yeah, because that's his shirt number. And yes, yeah, so um, uh, I remember wearing them gold things, and at first I was like, "Why are gold boots? They're ridiculous." And then because they was unique, and then no one else wore any gold boots, so they were like, "Oh, they're kind of cool." Like, so you know, I, it, and it, they weren't expensive. Uh, they, they were in my parents' price range because they couldn't afford like two hundred pound pairs yeah. of boots or whatever. How much ever the cost? Probably two hundred pounds a bit, <laughs> probably a bit over the top. But you I know, used to, I can only afford back yeah. then the, the actual brand by the actual shops. Do you remember <laughs> Olympus Sport? Oh yeah, they used to do their yeah, own yeah. brand. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Intersport as well. And then when I got my first pair of Puma, I was like, oh, I treated them like, you know. Those yeah, I used to get Reebok, because Reebok yeah. used to be, back in the day, like, a lot less um, a lot less expensive than the other brands. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, but now, obviously, like, Reebok does, but like, you the know, UFC. ones were when, you know, I was, I was so over the moon when I had my first pair of Diodora, because my, my, my favourite player, Roberto Baggio, was. Oh, yeah, Diodora. Oh, God, Diodora. Are they wow. still around? They might be. Uh, I would have thought so. I think they are an Italian company. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, and cap, I, I, cap, cause I, well, I yeah. cap out were brilliant. They also I mean, made Juventus the, shirts. Yeah, yeah, they were the best. I was just about to say that they made the they made the best shirts. They used to make the Italian national team as well. Lotto were quite big as well. Yeah, yeah they did Milan, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, Lotto used to do. Yeah, I've got a, an old AC Milan shirt. Yeah, with Lotto on. Yeah, but Lotto when Lotto made it. Yeah, oh, it's fascinating. But yeah, to go back to your question. But ju- just go quickly. Just imagine that now, though, to 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 have that sort of like teleported to now where it's actual phones now <laughs> yeah I know yeah. I know and we think look at these things and go like we thought we were being materialistic yeah, exactly. like, so I was going to say like I remember the only things that people used to fight over was like in my my time because you know you're a little bit older than I am is just that uh, Pokemon cards I remember mm-hmm. Pokemon cards being like you know like swag as in like if you had like the best Pokemon cards you, mm-hmm. for a while that probably lasted about a year or whatever it was and then but, but Premier League stickers probably before that yeah um, you know, so we were all in like collectible stuff. Um, which because I because I don't know about you, but whenever I see like Premier League stickers, I still in, like news agents and stuff. Yeah, I find myself going, "How are they still going?" Because I, you know, it, back when we were doing it, like you know, the only real things like handheld was like you know Game Boys and stuff later on in the nineties or whatever it was. But they were like kind of rubbish at the time. Like they, they weren't that good at the time, and uh, people couldn't afford them. So you got Premier League stickers because you could open them, and I and I loved it. And I'm thinking, yeah. so, the, my point is, there's so much distraction now. Mm. I don't know how kids can find the time to do that. Um, and, but apparently, you know, but I guess if the Premier League um, endorses it, then it's they probably the on, don't care. Just online, yeah. digital age. Now, yeah, I guess. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm shocked that they still exist. To be, to be frank, but I, I'm um, kind of, I, I like that the fact that they still exist. Uh, me too. You know, I always go past them and I go, "Is it weird for a 31 year old to want to buy them?" Like, I, I mean, know, yeah. um, I know, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'll, I'll collect I'll them. Buy, if, yeah. I'll buy. I'll collect them, but they're very expensive. Um, just the thrill when you, know. you open the packet in in in, in the playground and you know that you, you you have you have a feel of it and you know there's a hard I know yeah. it's a silver silver badge one and you know that's yeah. gonna be worth at least what, ten players. What I real <laughs> yeah exactly yeah what I realised as well what I realised as well because the whole um is all I've done is crowbarred that collectible card thing into video gamey stuff yeah. because yeah. I play collectible card games all the time you know like the really popular one is Hearthstone. Um, which is the same principle as that when you open a pack on that digitally, mm-hmm. it always is guaranteed to have one yeah. rare card in, which yeah. is I'm sure is from that era of you know because the in, in in that era as well in the nineties it wasn't just Pokemon cards but Magic the Gathering, which is a huge the most beautiful huge, ones uh, I remember was actually yeah. uh, the 1986 World Cup Mexico. And and the the cards were like transparent. They, uh, were, uh, they yeah. were gorgeous. Yeah. And every sure everybody wanted everybody wanted Maradona or Socrates because they were like you know the big uh, early, yeah. early, early mid eighties. Yeah, that would be fun. Zico, everyone with Zico. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Oh yeah. God! Oh. Yeah, I know. Or at least it was awesome. Yeah. But yeah, so that I, I, they were the two that I remember that people used to fight for and was like sort of swag points and whatever it was. And I, mm-hmm. um, and I guess clothes maybe, which I don't think, um, which I find interesting because I'm not actually sure of clothes. Mm-hmm. I'm not actually sure of clothes as an actual thing anymore. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, you know, I'm not. I'm not involved in that um. process anymore. But I don't know whether clothes is regarded as much swag as it used to be because I do think it is technology now. Do you think? Yeah. It's a curious, curious thought. I'm cu- yeah. What do you think? God, that's a great question. I think. Um, no, I think it is tech. Yeah. But but I think when when I look at kids nowadays, there's the you know this sort of like tracker buttons and wearing a flash sort of like waterproof coat. That's the kind of thing they wore in the nineties in my era. 
So yeah. I don't think much has advanced in that. No, story, no. I know. I, I I see less of people going like, "What are you wearing?" I think kind of in this thing. sort of fast fashion era, yeah, it, it, labels have become less of importance. Yeah, and if that's can, what I'm thinking. Yeah, and I was I've always been like that. Anyway, if mm-hmm. you can pull off a, a decent look without having to splash out on big brands. So, yeah, I think you know, you know the 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 like I sound like we're in a, we're, <laughs> we're doing like a YouTube doing like a YouTube blog right now. Like this isn't an ad, but I went to yeah. such and such the other day, and but no, I'm. I, I think certain high street retailers that are really cheap. I mean, it's mm-hmm. obvious what I'm two I'm talking about here. Um, you know, maybe one or two uh, differences. But yeah, I think because they've made them, you know, inexpensive. I think that's led to, and they look nice. Um, and you know, and you've got supermarket chains that are like, you know, making the things way less um, expensive. Yeah. Uh, you know, because for example, um, you'll be pleased about this, and it, I'm not revealing anything because um, you know, me and Haley talked about what we're getting each other. Mm-hmm. Haley's getting me the Kevin Keegan book for Christmas. Oh. Um. So we found that the cheapest place to get it is at a supermarket. Um. Because that's how they 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 do is to undercut you. Do you know um, Kevin's? Doing the rounds like book signings. Uh, I think so. Um, I think he was at something. I know he did. I know he did something in the early December. Stage, the stage, yeah, the stage yeah. was uh, mm-hmm. given. Right. Um, that was like. I think he did another one. Rob Lee Springs. Yeah. Yes. Did he do? A Rob yeah, Lee? he did a Legends. Uh, he also did that a Legends sort of, um, one. Yeah. The Entertainers team. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was at City Hall so or something. A player, a player might join him. Yeah. yeah. And I know. I think he is doing book signings as well. Um, yeah. I wish I'd have known if he was going to like Waterstones or something because mm-hmm. I might have went because mm-hmm. you do two per you do, I, I did see an advert somewhere when I googled it that he was doing two per person and I thought that was quite fun do you think Faustino Spiller might fly in and do a talk with him yeah I think well Faustino Spiller has agreed to do a charity uh, they're doing a charity game over Christmas yeah I'm not quite sure what I, I wish I was going to read more oh, about it because I was, I was curious if you were interested in it because yeah, Aspir- all I, I saw I was Asperdia said he was going to come and play in it, so yeah. I'm not sure what's happening with that, but um, but anyway, but yeah, so, yeah, so anyway, so when he was going to do mental health news, it's been about 15 minutes, talking about random stuff, um, but we've got, like, um, do you think our next guest is not till two? Uh, yeah, most likely, most it's, likely. It's looking likely that way. Until oh, anyway, we'll just start so anyway. I'm, I'm um, just for listeners, I'm, I'm sort of looking at Stephen and looking at my phone. Yeah, no, like, yeah. You know, it's fine. Rude, so no, no, it's yeah. okay. Um, but yeah, so we'll, that, that's think, ongoing. Uh, it's two fifteen. Yeah. Our next phone guest. We've oh, got okay. three quarters an hour. Okay, so we'll do mental health news now then, and I'll um, I'll play some ads at two yeah. o'clock. So that's fine. Um, so yeah, so excellent. So uh, yeah, well, this is, uh, the reason I wanted to do mental health news because um, anyone who who listens to this show regularly, we do we well. <laughs> I say we do regularly mental health news, but for the last. Maybe few episodes at least. Mm-hmm. I don't remember ever doing it because the shows have been so jam packed yeah, yeah. that we never get a chance to. Because if this was our regular show, we'd only have half an hour left. So the fact that now we can do that, knowing we've got an extra hour, um, we could I have think made this is a mental health news special. Or yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I do think um, I do think uh, it's it, so it's nice that we get the opportunity to do mental health news and talk about something uh, you know external as it were mm-hmm. as I said the uh, the socials uh, for to talk to us is at underscore mentally sounds the best way to contact us because I have the Twitter um, handle open right now thank you for the retweets uh, that we've had from several people about Ricky's tweet about we're being on the air um, and yeah so if you want to talk to us about the Samaritans you know we obviously talked about the Samaritans um, about maybe men- um, Christmas about maybe the shopping 
because um, I was going to ask Ricky about if he's watched that Martin Lewis special about finances. No, that I missed um, that. Yeah. yeah, Healy really likes him. I, I do think he's good. Um, I do think, though, when you watch them shows, because he does a live show where he talks to yeah, people yeah. in the audience about like what they spend on Christmas, and there was one person who spent like over 20 grand a year on, on, oh. on presents and stuff, and people taking out loans and all sorts of stuff and you're just like just spend what you can afford like just a quick thing on martin yeah, lewis um yeah. what i did see i didn't see that but what i did see you appeared on this morning i think a week or two ago. yeah he's always on that yeah. yeah but he made reference to one of our guests tracy you know who lost her son to oh yeah guest. from a uh, from uh, yeah, so um, she, yeah killed so by she, my debt yeah, yeah so she's he's taken her case up and sort of using it to propel the whole money money and mental health campaign in regards oh, to debt. Oh, so good. Glad to hear. And I retweeted that as well. So. That's great. I'm glad <coughs> to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Tracy, who was on for um, her son for killed by my debt, yeah. which is um, the dramatization. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, of Jerome, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Jerome Rogers. Mm-hmm. Rogers. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and yeah, cool. So yeah, so I thought it would be fun to do mental health news because now I've got the opportunity <laughs> to do it these days. So this is like the collective news from all the year that we. I had know. Yeah. <laughs> so for the last four episodes of mental health news, so yeah. it's not really news yeah. then, is it? It's yeah. more of like a, a <laughs> news review. Yeah. So let's talk about the last six months. Um, <laughs> what's happened in news? Yeah, we've got a lot to cover. Right. We'll be at old. Uh, Eight o'clock tonight. Yeah. Talking about all the mental health news we've missed. Uh, but yeah, so it's mental health news with Ricky, <laughs> um, starring Ricky Thamen as Ricky Thamen. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, cool. So um, the basic gist: read some headlines out of uh, of news that's happened recently that's mental health related, mm-hmm. and we have a debate about it. Sometimes we do this with a guest, but obviously we're not going to guest until uh, about two o'clock. So um, it's going to be me and Ricky. Um, talking about um, some mental health news. So oh, well, ahead. we could do, just very quickly, when yes. when our last guest comes in, mm-hmm. I could rever- reserve one or two bits so we can talk Five? about them, yeah? Feel free. Okay. Yeah, are they coming in at half two, are they? No, the, the last guest, David, from Newcastle Council, I think he's... Yeah, it's half two. Yeah. Great, yeah, so you can yeah, cut, yeah. you can stay on until the end yeah. of the show then. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. So yeah, let's just, just do one okay. or two then. So um, we can talk about them more in depth, in depth yeah. now, which we usually only do, like five minutes of, five minutes of headlines, so... Um, so um, yeah, just very much what what we just talked about in terms of money and mental health. So um, Barclays Bank, they've become the first high street bank to uh, enable customers to well, they they can block payments from certain uh, retailers. So people give people who are struggling with addiction, they ah. can actually cut off. You know. Is that are they the are they the bank that do that ad at the minute about um, who are the who are the ones who do the ones with the the stuff on the head? Is that NatWest? There's a, the, you know the, the the is it is it a, is it the bank one? There's a bank there's a bank advert on TV where they talk about mental health in it, and I think it is NatWest. Oh yes, Nat, yeah. yes, yes, yes. The where they put the post notes on the, the, the foreheads, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. famous people, and it says where he are to help is, you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's some bank. I mean, apologies if I got no, that wrong. Might be yeah, is it Lloyd's or Lloyd's Nationwide? No, it's I not Nationwide. Not Nationwide's the one with the two friends talking. Um. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, but I, I just, like but it's a similar premise. Yeah. Is that I think it's good that like they're kind of acknowledging that, mm-hmm. you know, people can go make crazy with money because. Um, I think yeah. this is very much credit to Martin Lewis, who mentioned before, because I think he's really pushed this. Yeah. Um, you know, the banks are starting to listen, and in terms of customer care, surely the mental health aspects ought to be um, taken up as much as anything else. You know, especially in this time of year. Yeah, because you hope companies, you know, particularly like you know, uh, consumer companies. Um, mm-hmm. Where you you know you buy a lot of stuff from uh, mm-hmm. you, that I mean, they, you do 
the hope that they think that they have a responsibility mm-hmm. that if a person's not in the right frame of mind and buy something that they don't just money grab the they, they don't just um you know grab the money and go mm-hmm. well you've made the transaction now yeah. um i do think people have the right to change their mind mm-hmm. uh, you would think i mean yeah. i know most places do 30 days or whatever um but yeah online should be the so same they, they have a mobile app which will help cut off spending and Fantastic. it's also going to be in particular regards to certain areas where they know the pe- most vulnerable people might be alluded to so these includes betting shops and gambling websites so um, yeah and we know the the links within there and, and gambling addiction in fact or oh, one of our latest guests gambling with lives might be talk more in depth about that yeah yeah who's coming on later on yeah that's, that's uh, yeah fantastic. yeah gambling, so the yeah. button within the app which allows people to choose which retailers they can you know that they spend with so people you know within the bank are, are well aware of what you know that where they might spend later on great sort of thing so yeah good idea yeah uh, okay so next bit of news okay um grazia magazine um Ooh. a little bit we touched on when we had the chat with um greg before from samaritan regarding <laughs> men's mental health um, sometimes these glam magazines have a really I mean I don't know what your opinion of them but you know they have these things like uh, you know the, where they chart people celebrities on, on um, it could be things like sex appeal or anything like that but then they have this thing oh, of, like a poll yeah and they, and what what it did I mean uh, a guy Matt Haig who's a great online sort of mental health advocate he, he sort of screenshotted this but so they did this thing like a chart of lust thing in, in, in Grazia magazine and um, it turns out that in, in the number four slot um, it said something within the you know uh, the, the men crying uh, it was is alluding that it's a sign of weakness and you know it's it, it's something to say is it you know that that uh, might be an off-putting thing you know it uh, might be you know and, and oh, as in not to be lustful yeah and it was one. like you know like it, it, was, it was trying to flag up signs that you know they might not be the the one for you yeah, that, uh, yeah I hate um, I talk about it all the time that I don't regard crying as a sign of weakness I regard it as a kind of uh, being a, a courageous honest thing exactly. is that if you're not feeling right don't hide it um yeah. i think it's I, I think it's more cowardly to not admit how you're feeling mm-hmm. um you know that's avoiding the issue um so crying shouldn't be regarded as a strength or weakness it should be regarded as just a process mm-hmm. of what humans go through mm-hmm. um, in fact a lot of people within the, the the female fraternity actually hit back at the magazine as well saying actually we, we find it more of a, a strength and a natural beauty so the the the, the magazine quite rightly got some backlash all well it's not only that it's that I thought you what I thought you were going to say when you first brought it up was that it was going to be like this whole idea of women wanting to fix men like you know oh we want a damaged man because we I thought it was like a when you, what you first said I think some that of that like actually comes thing. into it yeah. to some degree to be fair yeah. Yeah, but it's like I, I mean but it is part of that whole toxicity be- towards men and their feelings isn't it it's kind yeah. of like you know <laughs> Attacking their I, I, again, though, I mean, because this is the reason we do this type of show is to talk about stereotypes. Is that I mean, I don't want to re regarded uh, again, it's pigeonholing people, and I just find myself sometimes going in these scenarios. Yeah. Why don't we just accept people for who they are? Yeah. Why do we have to be one thing? Why do we have to be another? Um, if a person like so, why do we have to look at crying, for example, and decide it's whether, as I just said, whether it's a strength or weakness? Mm-hmm. It's just a part of a process that you go mm-hmm. through. My I think the underpinning of a lot of these type of things is why hide how you really feel mm-hmm. like acknowledge it mm-hmm. and and deal with it and mm-hmm. express it mm-hmm. um, and don't care what other people think mm-hmm. um, you know because that's what I think leads to people not talking about their inner feelings is mm-hmm. because they're worried more about what other people think 
and um, it's what you think that matters. Um, you, you should be happy in yourself first, and then and then go from there. And I think that's the worry is that you know all these polls go like, oh really? I need to be like that, and I'm like, no, be like you, be like you. Just to round round this story off, because on the article where I read it, there was a reference made to an episode of Friends, and I've not seen this episode. I don't know if you've ever watched. Oh, I've, I've probably seen every episode of Friends like um, four or five times. Okay, I'm then. sure. Do you do you, re- do you recall an episode starring Bruce Willis? Um, uh, when he played, um, he played Ross's girlfriend's okay. uh, dad. Okay. Um, uh, remind me what happens in it, and I can. Well, I, I haven't seen it, which is I'm glad you have. So I've I definitely seen it, Bruce Willis one. But there yeah. was an episode there relating to what I just talked about, there where he displayed some aspects of trauma or some sort of like you know like a, a vulnerable side to him, and and the cast of whoever was 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 involved with him. So that was like a put off, like, oh, don't go there, he's a bit of a. You know. um, well, the two, yes. Okay, so I can tell you what the context Does it is. Do you remember? Yes, that? I know exactly what, uh, what this okay. is referenced to, because Bruce, Bruce Willis, right, the reason he went on Friends, I guess, mm-hmm. just a little bit of fun trivia before mm-hmm. I answer your question, is mm-hmm. he had a bet with Matthew Perry. Um, and so I he played a friend with. Uh, is this in uh, real life? In real okay. life, okay. Matthew Perry, who plays Chandler, <coughs> um, was in The Whole Nine Yards with Bruce Willis. Okay. Um, and they made a bet with each other in which Bruce Willis lost okay. so Matthew Perry says um, if he lost, if Bruce Willis lost the bet mm-hmm. he had to be in Friends yeah. so he agreed to be his fri- his, in Friends and he played the dad of uh, Ross, Ross the character Ross had a young girl like a student um, he went out with a student who he used to teach at the school okay. Okay. because she moved on to the next year so he didn't teach her anymore yeah. and he decided he wanted to be with her and then Bruce, Bruce Willis's character her dad yeah. comes in called Paul and so the whole so so he's like portrayed it because he does like about two or three episodes in a row he's only in like three episodes I think and then he yeah. ends up leaving the show obviously because he's a guest spot mm-hmm. but um, the whole point is because it's very much like what Bruce Willis's characters are like in Die Hard and whatnot. He plays like this macho, muscular. Everyone likes him because all the women lust over him and all that kind of thing. Go wow, yeah, and he's yeah. a single dad in it. Yeah. Um. So he he raises these he raises the, the his daughter by himself in 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 Friends, yeah. and so throughout the whole thing, he portrays this like kind of cold, hard. Really doesn't like Ross. Because he's, you know, why are you dating my daughter when you're, like, way older than her? blah de blah blah mm. And then, the twist in the sort of second episode is that Ross, uh, uh, sorry, Bruce Willis's character, Paul, ends up having a fling with Rachel, okay. which obviously the whole dynamic of Rachel and Ross. Yeah. So, she starts talking to uh, um, Monica, mm-hmm. going, well, he's very, like, he's very... Um, I like him and I like hanging out with him, but he's very serious. Mm-hmm. He's not very emotional and all that kind of stuff. So it then cuts to later in the episode. She has a scene in their apartment, like Joey's yep. place, where she goes, "You know, I'd like to know more about you." And then she, because she's like, you know, holding this like um, chest muscles and going, "Wow, they're really great." But then she's like, oh, "But no, I want to talk about you. I want to talk about you. What's going on?" Mm-hmm. And he goes, "What? Like, what was your childhood like?" And he goes, mm-hmm. "It was fine." Mm-hmm. And then. Um, and then, uh, he, and then she, they start sitting in the couch, and she goes, "Come on, you can tell me more than that." Mm-hmm. Then he starts about, um, he starts mentioning that his dad uh, got him like a gift, and he went, "Oh, I had this thing that used to hop around and all this kind of thing," and mm-hmm. you know, it was great. And then I went, "No," oh, then someone stole it and made fun of me. I cried for weeks. Mm-hmm. And then he starts like, and then she goes, "Great, I'm so glad. Thank you for so much for telling me. Now we can go to dinner." And then he starts going, "It was horrible. They called me Chicken Boy." And then they start, he starts crying. So the whole idea was is she opened this floodgates of 
that she, he's clearly it has a, had a bad time. She's opened the Pandora's box. Yeah, and so she goes back like in later in the episode to Monica and goes, "What have I done?" Because he keeps crying, yeah. and she goes back into the apartment, and then he's like, "Oh, I wrote all this down." So he finally is like opening up, and she doesn't want it because it's too much. Mm. And then they end up going to bed together, and then she thinks, "Okay, that's going to calm him down." And then it cuts to the a bed scene where they're both next to each other, Bruce Willis and Jennifer Anderson, Rachel. And then he turns around and goes like, he starts crying how like how much he enjoyed it, and then. She dumps them. She dumps them. Oh, going, nice. I can't see the crybaby. So, um, because but the bit, the episode I think you're thinking of, where pe- people I think maybe had a problem, was the bit where he says, "I wrote it all down," mm-hmm. and then he says a line which people laugh at, and I go, and I, I'm thinking back to it now, going, "Yeah, I was like, like, because they say he says, well, um." I can't believe you're doing this to me because just says I don't want you to be like this anymore and he's like what you told me to be like this you told me to be more open and he goes now I, I've now figured out through writing all this down that was exactly what my dad was trying to do to me mm-hmm. and people laugh as in it's like a throwaway comment and he does deliver the line really well but then yeah it does make you think that it's probably but that line though I, I don't want to be with a crybaby kind of yeah. insuits I don't think she actually said that. I'm like paraphrasing, yeah. but it's basically the gist of what she was saying. He just, she just called him a crybaby, actually, but yeah. um, maybe not that harshly. But yeah, he won't stop crying. He's such a crybaby. But doesn't that like I know, I know the '90s almost seems like a whole kind of world away, but it kind of implies that you know emotional men are a bit too much to deal with, or you know, kind yeah. of or sensitive men, you know that, that you know. But then again, like I mean, again, it goes back to I guess the gold crew bars into what. Uh, um, accepting people for who they are and not saying you have to be one person you have to be the other so I'm thinking about this in my own relationship going the reason that me and Haley work and the reason we have a child and we live together and we're very happy is because we the, the thing the, the the way that we both are is what we both want to be mm-hmm. so you know we, we are like a, you know sensitive and not like you know stere- she's not I would definitely say she's not a stereotypical girl and I'm not a stereotypical guy in that I do express my feelings, but then some people might be shocked to realise, and I think you're aware, you're aware of this because you're good friends with me, I actually have quite an introverted side that sometimes I don't actually um, you know, talk very much, and particularly when I'm at home, I don't say a lot at all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, so I do have moments where I want quiet mm-hmm. and, and, and yeah, to, yeah. to think about things. I relate to that. And that's why I, I don't like the idea of, you know, because like, I used to get this when I was at university, uh, just thinking about thinking back to this mm-hmm. because I, I I'm uh, I'm quite um, you know extra uh, you know I'm I'm an extrovert when I'm around people because I love being with people mm-hmm. that I used to get the whole thing of like invite like inviting them to parties but then people would treat me like I have no substance that I've got nothing to contribute like I've got nothing worthwhile to say I just yeah. I'm the funny one or yeah. I I say funny little quirks to people and you know I'm good at you know messing around and stuff because mm-hmm. I've got that silly side of me mm-hmm. but um. If, if if my relationship, for example, was just silly mm-hmm. and they had no substance to it, then it's not a real relationship. Mm-hmm. So you you can't define people by going like, oh, he's or he's silly. Like I hate when. Do you get this a lot when someone goes like, I don't know, like they go, oh, I'm around. I, I I'm just going to use you as an example. I don't mean it this way, but I'm just saying, like, if someone, I'm not saying this is you. I'm just saying like, so, oh, Ricky, he's so dull or like, you know they say that they they crowbar you and define you as one thing yeah because they seen you want to do it and yeah. say oh he does it all the time it's really annoying yeah, yeah. and i and i always i get really pissed at people when they say that to me mm-hmm. like when they go oh steven he um he, he gets annoyed all the time and i go what what show me an example of when it sounds like i'm annoyed
right now, but I just mean like, show me an example of where I'm like that all the time. Like last time you saw me, was I annoyed at all? No. Then do not say I am like that all the time because you're putting me into a, into a, into a box. In a box, I don't want to be. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, out here to be defined as because because you know, anxiety is a, is a is a part of me, and I yeah. think listeners are well aware of that. But should I de- de- be defined as that's the only thing yeah. of me, and I'm defined as an anxious person? Yeah. You know, that there's nothing else about me. Yeah, me. what's wonderful about it, what I enjoy about my private life at the minute is I find very little. Um, I, I get very little um, need to talk about my bipolar disorder a lot like i mean it comes up now and again mm-hmm. and we do talk about mental health in our household which i'm i'm so pleased about that i found someone where it isn't it's a subject matter that that, that doesn't need to be avoided yeah. but i don't think that's healthy mm-hmm. and it's obviously you know we think about our our child who might grow up to have a mental health mm-hmm. problem or not to be ashamed of it mm-hmm. and um, all that kind of stuff and so uh, but i'm just saying it, it's like it's not as you quite rightly said, like with your anxiety, it's like I don't want to be defined as just having a yeah, thing, sure. which is why I think we really, really try hard on this show, and it's a good little bit like revealing the curtain of our radio shows that we don't. Um, we try really, really hard not to just talk about. You know, I mean, I've, I, I'm actually really pleased that I haven't thought about it. That I don't really think I've brought up bipolar disorder. I've, I've obviously mentioned it, but I have not like talked about it in depth for quite some time because we, you know we've had episodes where I've talked about it in depth, and we, we I'm sure we will in some future episodes at some point. But um, that's, that's why actually, I love that the subject matter changes on this show quite it's regularly. It's not a bad segue um, to the next great. story, but just on just on that the final point regarding what we just talked about. Yes. Because there's a slight irony there, because you mentioned Matt Perry, because he had his own demons, didn't he? Was yeah, he yeah, so, yes, yes. You know, it kind of brings mm-hmm. the whole... Yeah, whenever you watch, like, is it season four or something of Friends, where he's ridiculously thin, and he looks ill, um, yeah, that, 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 it's, it, it is quite alarming. And then, then he, like, ballooned as well, because I think they probably put him on, like, a thing where they're like, you know, you need to eat more and uh, look after yourself, and then he became mm. quite plummy. Um, but so yeah, nineties is only twenty years ago. But you know, it, in a way, it's, I'm like, I'm trying to look at it in a good way because it does seem like a different world where we talked about such things in a completely different yeah. context. So mm. now that we're bringing it up now and seeing seeing like the wrongs of it to some extent, it, I think we've made some progress. I'd like to think. I yeah, I would hope yeah. so. Yeah, absolutely. So I mentioned to you this last last time because I, um, this whole issue about um, vulnerability, specifically in men. Um, so then, of course, uh, a hero of yours, Stan Lee, passed away. I oh, might, yeah. I thought you might want to say a few words about... Yeah, we were going to last week, weren't you? Yeah. ...the meaning of superheroes and what it means to people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've, I mean, I, I listened, uh, I guess, as the sort of tribute that I did for sort of for him. I mean, I watched um, I watched um, Iron Man the other day, which had um, which one of his creations. Um and I mean, he's going to leave an unbelievable legacy, which is more, which is all anyone would want, really, and yeah. into other than obviously your, you know, children and your friends and your mm-hmm. memories and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. He's even an unbelievable legacy of, of of giving people the feeling with superheroes, and I think that's that what what superheroes give you as a feeling mm-hmm. is um, you empath you have empathy for them because regardless of the powers that they have, which are cool and entertaining and fun to watch, yeah. he always said whenever he created a character, him and Jack Kirby were the original creators of a lot of stuff like Spider Man, Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. all of other stuff, mm-hmm. um, uh, X Men, a whole bunch of other things. Is is um is you empathise with them because they have flaws. 
mm-hmm. and flaws are in ev- in built in everybody and just the strengths are and it's 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 in the pyramid of being a superhero being good at something. were those flaws instantly recognizable in the early days in the early comic books and the early sort of um, or, there or were there were a few mistakes um, he says about Superman, for example, which I don't think he created, because it's the... Uh, did he create Superman? Uh, off the top of my head, I don't think he did. For some reason, I'm thinking he didn't. But um, but the problem with Superman was exactly that. They didn't originally create Kryptonite, um, which is um, his only way of killing him, because uh, they didn't... They didn't. They suddenly, and it didn't sell well. The original, because he didn't have a way to be defeated. So why would you care? Just in terms of kryptonite, just very quickly, that's used in modern day terminology as like someone's weakness, isn't it? That's his or her kryptonite. Yeah, cri- yeah, it's used in a general that's where term. It stems yeah. from, yeah. And there actually is uh, an actual <coughs> mineral called kryptonite now. Okay. Um, <laughs> that they, yeah, someone actually named. It's on a QI in a QI episode that. Um, I just say uh, very funny. Just uh, uh, I just instantly thought of this, but there's a there's a new worm. It's been named after Donald Trump. <laughs> that, that it's 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 a, it's a blind and deaf because he's a worm himself. No, <laughs> no kind of. It's, it's blind and he's blind and deaf and digs his head in the sand. <laughs> Sorry, you made, me, you made me think of that. Something. That's brilliant. Yeah. I knew there was some going to be some pun, like some sort of metaphor you were going to tell us there. Yeah. Anyway, Crimson. yeah, Barry's men and said that's brilliant. Yeah, anyway, but no. So yeah, so with superheroes. If you think, I mean, we could run through them basically mm-hmm. and go like Iron Man. Ha- I, yeah. like Iron Man, for example, his flaw is that, um, you know, in the original Iron Man, it was because you know he was a basically a millionaire who didn't really care about anyone but himself, or okay. a billionaire who didn't care anyone about himself, and he was embedded in his technology and didn't care about human beings, so he yeah. was kind of a loner. Um, that's Iron Man. Uh, Batman, his his. Trauma, PTSD, is, it, yeah, his trauma was post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the pressure of being uh, the, the, having um, uh, Wayne Industries, uh-huh. um, uh, was it Wayne Enterprises? I was going to get the name of it, but uh, but yeah, so seeing and his parents too, die, seeing yeah. his parents die in a street yeah. thing, because basically they go out of a they go out of a picture uh-huh. um, after seeing a film, and then some street songs. Because mm-hmm. in the original, they changed it in a more recent episode in Batman. They made it like it was like a gang of um, I think Two Face or something. But uh, in the original, it was just two street gangs because the whole I idea was that, that Gotham was a crime-riddled city. Yeah. Gotham City. I find was, that yeah. an interesting uh, transformation because, of course, I, I, I'm, I'm, I only know a fraction of superheroes and knowledge compared to what you know. But yeah. my memories of, are of that sort of early sort of yeah. uh, Adam Adam West sort of you know era of that kind of. Yeah, the camp, was made in the 60s. Yeah. And then to suddenly see Batman now, it's kind of gone very dark, but there's a meaning behind that darkness. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, because it... it, it I, 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 to be honest, I mean, I mean, <coughs> I don't... I, again, I, I mean, if people... I mean, the Adam West thing is what it was. It is what it was. Yeah. Um, but um, the thing that I find... So it doesn't necessarily mean that you should pick one over the other. It's just it's a different yeah. version of doing it. Yeah. I mean, as much as like for example, I don't particularly enjoy the the Star Trek films that are out at the minute. I mean, okay. I, I I think they're all right, okay. but I much prefer the series and mm-hmm. like you know the the TV stuff that happened beforehand. Mm-hmm. I think Star Trek's better as a television series. Mm-hmm. I've always thought that, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily mean that I should say to people, well, you shouldn't make it because I have a problem with it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. no, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, but Batman. 
has always had the dark side because basically if you ever dissected Batman mm-hmm. Batman is essentially hiding behind uh, the, the suit and cape and that mm-hmm. because that's what a lot of Christopher Nolan's ones mm-hmm. were about that basically he wasn't dealing with his demons mm-hmm. and also the fact that when he was regular Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. he hid behind money and fast cars and women and mm-hmm. and not having anyone to care about because if you look at how many superheroes have a love interest because that was another thing that did with Superman yeah. Lois Lane the fact that he actually fell in love with a human meant that um, he cared more about being the protector of Earth because he cared about her because yeah. it was all about protecting her and then Earth second so you go oh he's in love with somebody I, I, I can I can uh, I can you know resonate with that so Kale- um, it's, it's Jarrell isn't it you have to, you have to sort of like yes. it means you have to strip yourself of all your powers then in order yeah, to yeah exactly yeah and um, that's my, nep- my nephew's big into yeah and, uh, and it's littered and it's littered with um you know, there's tonics. I, I watched them um, because um, you know I do a, a late, the late shift of looking after my daughter, and so I I watched them um, three nights in a row, uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogies, okay. and again um, Arwen, who um, you know with uh, decides to become mortal for Aragon because mm-hmm. she doesn't she realizes that she'd rather um, die the same time as him because mm-hmm. elves in Lord of the Rings are immortal, mm-hmm. um, so she does like a you know drink something or puts a spell mm-hmm. on herself to make her mortal so she can spend her days with Aragorn mm-hmm. um, again that's throughout the whole thing to make you like sort of feel for Aragorn because he's he's, he's doing it for the person that he loves mm-hmm. uh, not only that but to save the world and mm-hmm. so hidden hidden meanings and having the hu- the humane quality to, mm-hmm. to, to go back to why you brought this up mm-hmm. with Stan Lee mm-hmm. he nailed that I mean mm-hmm. he, he always says the Fantastic Four was his favourite one which, I, which actually ironically is my least favourite mm-hmm. I have no time for Fantastic Four. I think it's not very good. Um, all the film versions have been not very good. Even the last one was just not good at all, and they can't seem to get it right. Um, uh, I when, never liked when the, the news. I never liked the nineties one either. Broke about um, Stanley's yes. passing. The, mm-hmm. they, all, they, they always seem to uh, go back to Spider Man for some specific reason. That um, was his most sort of. Spider-Man was what uh, kept him in a job, I think, right. was the whole idea, because if and you watch Stan Lee's documentary... His name Peter... Peter Parker. Yeah, was it um, his character was something like um, that? He also says that yeah. Spider-Man was the person close to him. Okay. Like, as in him as the person. Right. Because they often say, like, you know, oh, because, you know, you get these stereotypical questions in interviews, if you re- listen to any interviews Stan Lee's done, mm-hmm. which character's most like you? Because even yeah. actors get that, which is okay. a bit weird. And he says Spider-Man. Um, Peter Parker is the most likely. Literally, I think he just said that I just. And he sat down with his drawing pad and, and something. And he said he just stared at the spider um, climbing up the wall. Because he was just working for Marvel at the time, yeah. uh, way back in the like six, was it sixties or 70s, maybe seventies, yeah. early seventies, and uh, maybe um, maybe that's too maybe that being too early, maybe late seventies or something. I don't know, but I, I'm terrible with dates, whatever. But whenever he was just he was just working, he wasn't like running the whole thing, mm-hmm. and he came up with the idea of Spider Man, took it to his superior, and went, "Oh, I've got this idea I want to do because they're Fantastic Four sold well because." Yeah. He did that whole, I'm just going to do a comic book that I want to do. And then he went, okay, I'll come up with Spider-Man. And no one thought it would sell well because everyone, you know, most people don't like spiders. Mm-hmm. Um, but it worked really well because, again, it was, a, it, once they turned it into that he, you know, he got bitten by a, a, a you know, a radioactive, nuke, radioactive spider. Yeah. Um, it made it like, you again, had empathy for him because he was, it's, it's a power that's been a, put upon him mm-hmm. that he didn't just so desire oh. and the fact he's a nerdy kid because I gotta say I don't know if you've seen the last Amazing Spider-Man no no it's the small like um, the, that was like the where he's a little kid 
Um, Am I right that he, he he was sort of a social outcast to some yes, degree? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to okay, say. Okay. Yeah, that he was an, he's a they really nailed in the last one, and I, me and yeah. Haley went to see it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I I was kind of going, oh, am I going to like sort of the beginning because they re- basically redid it mm-hmm. to be the, the first Spider Man. Okay. Um, like a, a re a retelling of him being young again mm-hmm. um, and uh, I thought they did unbelievable casting um, you really felt for him mm-hmm. um, he was at school he's at school at, at, at when he first starts becoming Spider-Man and he has a, 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 a he has a crush on a girl okay. um, and you really sort of root for him and um, he's trying to work out how to become Spider-Man and mm-hmm. at the end of it Iron Man um, uh, tries to get him to join the um, the, is it the Avengers Okay, I'm trying to think of if Spider-Man was in the Avengers, I think so. But um, uh, and, and yes, yeah, so anyway, so um, he tries to get him to join, and then he realizes that he's not quite ready because he's too mm-hmm. young. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so anyway, it's, it's really well done, and it, you really do share okay. his like mm-hmm. his, and he's he is a nerdy kid. He has a nerdy mate who mm-hmm. who they're kind of outcasts to get invited to a party and then get like um get invited to a huge like house party because his mm-hmm. daughter it's the, it's the daughter mm-hmm. he likes mm-hmm. and um they basically get like but like sort of um ridiculed at the party because like who invited these nerds kind of thing and i think that's why Stan think that Lee plays into the whole, because i only learn learned about stanley through his appearances on big bang theory all right and wow, how he interesting yeah and like so do you think there was a sort of a correlation there as well with the characters that these were also kind of like Outcast characters in a kind of way of finding their way in the world through things like dating and that kind well, of thing, kind of like yeah. I guess the I guess the crux of that question is that I think the reason that people resonate with superheroes is because he wrote about what he might have been afraid of doing in real life, which is like believing in yourself and being okay. courageous and all that kind of thing. And I think really that's the the crux of Stanley's legacy. Okay. Um, is that even though, as you're saying, that like yeah, there's these people who are weirded out, or you know, you know, or outcasted, or or feel socially awkward, or inept, or whatever the right terminology is. Really, all we're really saying is these people are different, and you should be embraced for being different, just like super, just like superheroes are different. The ultimate thing um, is that it's, 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 it's empowering, isn't it? Yeah, so you can relate to someone who is a mm-hmm. hero, and, and you know, yeah. The reason that people read these things, and I read them as a kid, and they still resonate with me now, and I mean, so many, so many people go and see mm-hmm. superhero films now, is because it makes sense. Because not only is it, as I said, it's cool because it's yeah. abilities that we don't have, and it, 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 it's an action-filled thing. But if they get the plot right, even though I know they don't in some stuff, um, you know, some of it's a bit just far-fetched and whatever. Because mm-hmm. my favorite is Thor. And I watched the last one recently, and it's, it is it's the, the the criticism it got was it did too many jokes, okay. and it really is just too many jokes. It's just too many like uh, making fun of stuff, um, and you just want to go. You got to at least treat it a little bit seriously because then it just it kind of makes it a bit um, a bit. So are comics still popular now, and how do they how do they transpire now to this modern? Digital as far as I, 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 I watched, it, I watched an interview that the Sam did a few years ago on Larry King, and he said comic books were doing better than ever, which oh, I was really? quite, uh, well, better than ever. Well, he, he, it was a, it was an interesting answer because he went better than ever, but I don't mean ever in the sense of better than they. When I say ever, maybe like the last few decades, yeah, yeah. because just because of the sheer lack of stuff 
you know, in relation to comic books, you know, instead of, you know, there wasn't comic book films or any, like, you know, merchandise or yeah. any of that kind of thing. He's like, we obviously sold more volumes when we first started because it was a niche thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, people who were into it bought loads and, mm-hmm. you know, because there was a lack of entertain- entertainment, um, more people bought it per volume because of just the fact that it was something to buy, yeah. um, which I thought was an interesting um, an interesting thing. Is he one of our guests, Eric? Do you think? Yeah. Uh, oh no, he's he's so. gone in there. No. Never mind. But uh, anyway, so um, somebody was looking through the studio, so I thought. But yeah, oh, so it might be, might be. I don't. Well, he's just one in there, so okay. I don't really know why. Um, if you <laughs> thought it was the radio thing, then he's went in the wrong place. Yeah. Oh, he's just walked back out. So maybe he is this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's walked into the wrong place. I thought it was. I thought he looked lost. Yeah, it's David. Yeah. So anyway, so so yeah, I guess to summarise, my I'll I'll summarise just because I'm glad you mentioned that because I did want to talk about it. It's just yeah, he's left a legacy of truly great writing, and uh, yeah, just take a seat and we'll be on in a second. So we're just we're just gonna uh, um, wrap wrap up and take a break and thing. Um, so yeah, David, I'll get to you. Um, so yes, yeah, so Stanley, fantastic writer. Um, mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of his interviews. I encourage you because I'm quite that's quite fascinating that you never really knew him until Big Bang Theory because um, he was on Nerdist Podcast a couple of times and I re-listened to these I've got them on my phone and I listened to them a couple of days ago um, and he's very funny mm-hmm. um, he's also on Craig Ferguson a couple of times and he's mm-hmm. got a really good sense of humour mm-hmm. um, and on Larry King he's a lot more serious and uh, the Larry King one's on YouTube so you can watch it on there mm-hmm. and he talks about his legacy a few years ago because he says that the beauty is they're gonna. Tr- they were. They were. They were making stuff called like. There was a character called Chakra, which okay. was gonna be the Indi- an Indian superhero to kind of uh, divulge that culture and stuff yeah. like that. So, the fact that he, the idea of basically it was a symbol of like you know like a lot of like sci-fi and fantasy films are, are like as well. It's looking at stuff that are in social situations in present day, uh, at the time that they write them and and using the filter of superheroes to address that social problem yeah. and letting it out in the open. That's what Star Trek does better than anything, I think, is to take a social situation that happened at the day mm-hmm. and crowbar it in with, you know, science fiction and, and, yeah. and crew members that you care about and all that kind of stuff, and it's similar for superheroes. Mm-hmm. So Stan Lee's, like, uh, wonderful for that kind of thing, and, Great. you know, he's created a legacy where it'll last for years and years and years and years and years and it's showcasing very like i just said the ability for people to look at superheroes and go you can be who you want to be and you can be nerdy and you can be geeky and you can be different and it doesn't matter anymore um so um i'm hugely grateful for him because you know i'm, I'm a huge fan of thor a lot of this um iron man and iron man as well the way and, that you um, sort of like sort of you know put in, in terms of his legacy i think if it wasn't for him i think a lot of modern culture wouldn't exist the way it is yeah i mean obviously as i say jack kirby um i, I think jack kirby's kind of um uh put to one side little unfa- unfavorably because um standing more the like public public stuff but st- okay. i would say jack kirby's another one who deserves to be recognized um mm-hmm. and he's had i don't know if he's still alive i, th- I don't think so mm-hmm. Because um, Stanley was in his nineties, I believe, when he uh, yeah. so he's been around a while. But um, anyway, but yeah, so um, that's that's my sort of tribute to him, and that like yeah, all a lot of the stuff that I uh, you know enjoy now, he's either influenced or was literally a part of. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, pretty wonderful. Right, so what we're going to do now is take some breaks because we're hit the two o'clock mark. Um, if you're tuning in and have listened to this show before, we are on an extra hour, so we're going to be here until three o'clock instead of two for our Christmas special. Um, so we're going to play some ads now, and we'll be right back with our guest David in the studio right after these messages, if I can find the damn adverts. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be right back at Mentally Sound here on Space FM 98.8 FM. Sick of the same old radio sound? <sighs> then you need vibrant radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM 98.8 FM. Have you heard about the latest wedding and events venue in town? The New Bridge Hotel in the heart of Newcastle City Centre is now available for Asian weddings, celebrations and events. The New Bridge Hotel's newly refurbished Granger Suite has a capacity of up to 400 guests. And the Time Suite is the perfect setting for a welcome drinks reception. We are fully equipped for your choice of caterer to work from our kitchens. And we'll also provide all your crockery, cutlery, glassware and linen. The New Bridge Hotel. New Bridge Newcastle, offering a unique, unforgettable experience for your big day. For more information, get in touch with our dedicated wedding coordinator on 0191 250 5400 or email sales at the Glasses Factory stocks men's, ladies and kids' glasses in the biggest brands like Armani, Ray-Ban and Police to name but a few. Why not take advantage of the Glasses Factory two-for-one offers from £60? See for yourself. The Glasses Factory, 498 Westgate Road, Newcastle. Call 0191 273 8460. Log on at glassesfactory.co.uk or search us out on Facebook. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, Spice FM, 98.8 FM. You know that I'll be waiting to hear your footsteps saying you'll be coming home for Christmas. Hello, nice to be here. You won't forget me. I, I, I really don't mind. That every moment that work for you? Yeah. Okay, so nice to be here. Haven't been to this part of town for ages, so yeah. it's quite interesting. So, what I'd like you to do is a little bit of a... only I had wings, then I would fly to you. Through all the snowy weather, we'd be together. No one makes me feel the way I do. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, uh... Hello everybody. Welcome back to the rather soothing Kate Bush. 
with Home for Christmas. Um, those are the quick ads because um, we didn't want our guests waiting because apparently we have a phone interview um, in the next 10 minutes or so. So what we thought we'd do, a little change of plan because we keep trying to like um, sort of see who's confirming for guests and whatnot because with it being a Christmas episode, a lot of people have got a lot of stuff on. Um, so um, we're just trying to um, work things out. So what we've decided to do, because as you heard, if you were listening um, just before we went off air for the ads, is we were talking about mental health news. So we thought what we'd do, a little bit of a, a nice little bonus thing, and then we're going to talk to David properly at half at half past, um, is we'll do a little bit of mental health news, if you're okay with that, and you can okay. crowbar in. Um, okay. So I'll introduce you first, just to say there. So David David Williams from the Newcastle Counselling Association, is that right? Uh, yes, I'm um, Secretary of the Association for brilliant. the Brilliant. Yeah. Great, yeah, so we'll obviously talk about that. We can talk about that for a tiny bit now. And then we'll talk about it more at half past two. Um, and we'll, you know, because uh, as I say, we need to stop for a phone interview because obviously phone interviews can't predict when they. We have to make a time to, for them. So, um, so first of all, um, David, how are you? Um, I'm good. Good, because I thought it's a, it's, a, it's a good starting point to ask that because being a mental health show, we think well, asking people how they are seems appropriate. So yeah, um, I, I spend a lot of my time asking people how they are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's right. Yes, yeah. yeah, so it's about time someone asked you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we are. If you're anything like in, in, in your type of job, yeah, it's like well, why does no one ask me? What I'm, uh, well, yeah. yeah well, you know. well, well, my lovely supervisees that I've been working with this morning are always very solicitous about my mental health. So, yeah. Uh, I do get looked after. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so when we so when we talk when we mentioned from Newcastle Counselling Association, do you want to tell us what that entails? Uh, yeah, Newcastle Counselling Association is um, an organisation based in Newcastle, although we have members from all over the northeast, which exists basically as a forum and uh, a CPD continuing professional development organisation. Uh, for both existing counsellors and for student counsellors. Right. We have quite a lot of student members oh, right. and uh, you know, we, we, we see the, the association as part of the learning process. So it is a professional association. We're, we're, we're not exactly affiliated to the British Association for Counselling and Psychotherapy, but we tend to run alongside them. We go very much by their ethical standards. Okay. And, 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 and look very closely at their priorities mm-hmm. uh, when we're programming what we do. And those are the official, like the sort of like, you know, official sort of... The BACP yeah. is, is, is the largest professional association right. okay. of counsellors and psychotherapists. Okay. It's not the only one, but it's okay. by far the biggest. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we tend to do is we, we program usually four evening events mm-hmm. in an academic year. Okay. Uh, we, we try to time those with the colleges uh, and universities so that mm-hmm. people who are studying can kind of get there. Mm-hmm. And what we're trying to do is, is, is find areas, because counselling psychotherapy is constantly changing. Yeah. People mm-hmm. are finding new ways of doing things, there's new research going on all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's really keeping people in touch, keeping people au fait with new developments. Mm -hmm. So we kind of check out with our members, we survey Mm -hmm. them regularly to see what they want. Um, And we do do those four. And then we do a full day's workshop, a day's school um, in April usually, Mm -hmm. which we we try and pinpoint something that's a big issue for people. Mm -hmm. So for for example, um, next year we're going to be looking at the social context of counselling. 
mm-hmm. the idea that, that this paradox that, that, that we look we look at the individual we look at mm-hmm. the ego but of course we don't exist in isolation uh-huh. we exist within a society yeah yeah and if that society is not being as supportive as mm-hmm. it might be yeah. if there are people who are vulnerable within that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then that's going to have an impact mm-hmm. on their mental health mm-hmm. yeah and uh, point. And, and it's something that we want to explore in mm-hmm. that day of school yeah because I think uh, that's a very powerful mm-hmm. point because you think about um you think about people who feel isolated like you just said yeah and the actual <laughs> the actual sort of practicality of being isolated in this environment is really hard to achieve because unless you're like sort of i guess in like a countryside or in a desert or something where like there literally is no like cities or towns that are near you it's really hard to actually be like literally isolated so basically because what this is what uh, you know i'm paraphrasing what sort of counseling essentially is it must be psychological yeah. more than anything else do you does that does that is yeah, that a fair yeah, thing to yeah. say yeah i mean i mean you, you study counselling skills one of the first things you look at is Abraham Maslow's mm-hmm. um, pyramid of, of, yeah. of needs mm-hmm. hierarchy of needs and, and, and what Maslow was basically saying is before you can start to self-actualise before you can become the kind of person you want to be get your mental health sorted out be yeah. comfortable within your own skin yeah. there are certain things that have to be there first yeah. if your life is about surviving if your life mm-hmm. is about getting food in your belly and a roof over your head and keeping it there then you aren't going to be thinking about self-actualization. You're going to be thinking about survival. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, in these days and times, as I see walking around the streets of Newcastle, there are a lot of people for who, who are right at the bottom of yeah. that hierarchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Survival, getting getting through another night, getting through another day, getting through another week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is their priority, mm-hmm. and, and if they come to us that's going to be a factor in, in what we do. Yeah. And there's a cross-fertilisation in the sense that unless they're helped with that, they're helped yeah. with that, that, those particular yeah. physical needs, mm-hmm. then it's difficult to work on, on the human mm-hmm. or spiritual needs. Yeah, because how can you, for <laughs> in a, I guess in, a, in a, a really basic sense, how c- you're not exactly going to want to sit round a, a fire and you know, talk about um, talk about your wants and needs when you're you know you're hungry and having eight for days Absolutely. or whatever it is. You know, Absolutely. because yeah, I, I, it's a very powerful point. Yeah, because um, I I often say to anyone that we come across or people in my own life. Um, because it, it makes you like sort of says that it is all about being aware of what you have and to be a little yeah. bit more grateful about it because yeah. you think of people in them situations mm-hmm. um, because then it leads me to my next point I wanted to ask you because then I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll crow up our mental health news when we talk to you in a little mm-hmm. bit sure. um, because this is an inter- I mean this is an interesting conversation is I, I, it leads to a wider example then I think as what I wanted to ask you is if it's a case of, as you said, if you're at the bottom of the barrel, they're trying to survive. Yeah. So it then makes you think about the people who aren't in that position, who still struggle. That it clearly, to me, seems to be then they haven't learnt the tools to be, you know, maybe a little bit like you were saying, sort of self-aware or, and, and learn a bit more about themselves. And yeah. I'm curious to, based on your experience, why do you think that is? Is it, is it a case of... Um, we have too much, um, you know, distraction, or we we are afraid of talking about this enough. I guess mm-hmm. what's the what do you think are the key problems within that um, being open about it and all that kind of thing? The, the, the key, the, 
A lot of people think that what counselling is about mm -hmm. is about sorting people's problems out for them. Yes. It isn't. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. What it's about is helping, the, helping your client to draw on the resources within themselves. Yes. Yeah. To learn to deal better with their own difficulties and yeah. with the challenges that life presents us with. Yes. Similar so to like Samaritans, what they were saying, because we had Samaritans yeah. in before. It's like they're not there to sort out your problems. No, they're not. They're often the first step to mm. what a person can do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You know, in, in a sense, there's almost a hierarchy there <coughs> because, because what Samaritans do, uh, what some of the, for example, the, the, the drug and addiction mm -hmm. agencies do, is a sort, sort of first aid. Mm -hmm. So when you hit that absolute crisis, mm -hmm. it's the beginning of the process of yeah. saying, you know, y you are a valid person. Mm -hmm. the, the reason that you undervalue yourself is because you don't know what's within you. Mm -hmm. You don't know what your potential is. You've yeah. lost sight of that. Yeah. Yes. So, so there's... Th 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 what they can then do is, is give you that bit of on on the moment mm -hmm. in the moment yeah. support mm -hmm. but what I would then hope they would do is redirect them to us mm -hmm. where we can help them to draw out that potential yeah. in different ways I'm so pleased you said that because um, I, you wouldn't most likely not know this but I, we talked about this on the air before is that I've been in a psychiatric ward mm -hmm. um, and I was alarmed thinking about it retrospectively when I recovered and got out and, yeah. and you know now I'm, I'm, I'm happy to stay in a much better place yeah. is um, I was shocked at, during that period of time how many people says this is good for you it's going to fix you yeah. and that really alarmed me greatly because I just went and I even they used to think that I was being like really not a nice person when I said to them look it isn't about fixing and they would go oh you're just ill like you know people who I'd known for a very long time who react in a way of like you know you're being fixed like as in you're no longer like you quite elegantly said you're no longer going to be become a problem like your problems will be over and you'll no longer be a problem to everybody else but not realizing that like you know I have bipolar disorder so it's something I deal with every day Um, you know it may not affect me very much one particular day more so or maybe a lot more than another but mm -hmm. do, you, do you know and, and um, I, I'm curious to know whether you you have any idea of why, why do you think people react that way is it just lack of information is it fear um, you know which I think a lot of it might be what's your thoughts on that I, I was very lucky when I was training I, I, I trained in a school of psychology which is called gestalt therapy and I was very lucky, I had two brilliant tutors and mentors. And one of the things that they hammered home to me was you're not dealing with illnesses, you're not dealing with diagnosable illnesses, you're dealing with individuals. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And what you've never got to fall mm -hmm. into the trap of doing is defining someone by a set of terms of diagnosis, yes, in my opinion, I agree with that. Yeah. That if 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 you have an issue with bipolar, yeah, um, the bipolar situation, that that isn't you. That's not you. Mm -hmm. That means that in certain situations you will react in a certain way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. At a certain time of crisis, you may have a difficulty in dealing with that crisis because mm -hmm. there are times when, as your Im your environment impacts on you, you will react in a 
way that reflects fear, that, that, that reflects uh, something unknown, that, that something you can't deal with, and that will be difficult for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for me, the most important thing in, in, in the work we do with counsellors and psychotherapists is the individual. Yes. Is talking, well, first of all, listen, when people ask me what I do for a living, mm -hmm. I say, I listen to people. That's what I do for a yeah, living. Yeah. I listen to people. Yeah, I don't tell them what then. to do. I listen to them. Yeah. And two, th two wonderful things happen when, when you're doing that. What, what one is, you learn so much about them as an individual, mm -hmm. and you begin to see how the kind of resources that they can draw on. But the other amazing thing is that when people have the space to talk, when you have that 50 minutes or 60 minutes, when there's no other agenda but your own, and you can simply say what's, mm -hmm. what's going on for you, what's been troubling you, what keeps you awake at night, mm -hmm. and hear yourself saying it out loud to somebody who obviously is on your side, mm -hmm. who is batting for you, that in itself is a therapeutic process. Yeah. Just being, being valued. Yeah, we need to hold that thought because yeah, we need to hold that thought because we're being rang right now. So I need yeah. to uh, we need to take breaks. <laughs> so um, yeah, we'll hold that thought because we're going to talk to you again yeah, sure. in about ten minutes time. Sure. So we need to take a break because I, I don't like answering the phone on air. So we're going to play a little quick song now, um, and then I'm going to talk to our guests. Um, uh, in the break and then we're going to have a phone interview after this and then David's going to join us in you're welcome to yep. you know if you have anything you want to add to this interview feel free okay. um, but we're going to take a break right now we step into Christmas by Elton John and I'm going to answer the phone <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be right back after these after this song I should say not messages um, with Elton John we're stepping to Christmas
I'll have a blue Christmas without you. I'll be so blue just thinking about you. Decorations of red on a green Christmas tree won't be the same, dear, if you're not here with me. And when those blue or snowflakes are falling. That's when those blue memories start calling. You'll be doing alright with your Christmas of white. And I have a blue, blue, blue Christmas. Oh, let's go, let's go. So yeah, that was Blue Christmas by Michael Bublé as well. Um, I had to play another song. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> I had to play another song because we got just interrupted by just walking into the studio. Um, so apologies, Liz, who's waiting patiently on. I thought you handled um, it very well, though. Thank you. <laughs> I tried my best. And uh, Mr. Professional. Yeah. I think David, David was just like, "What do we do?" <laughs> David was just sitting here all nice and. Um, yeah, so the guy who wanted to talk about advertising for the show, so I thought it was appropriate. You know, he just walked into the yeah. studio. <laughs> I'm thinking, can we help? Is it someone we forgot that was meant to be on the show? today but uh yeah it all worked out um it could be yeah. someone with a mental health problem and yeah, yeah maybe maybe this yeah i did think that maybe they came down the show because they had the martins thing we talked about earlier or for david's interview but um, but anyway so apologies to liz who's waiting patiently she's on the phone right now um because yeah as we mentioned at the beginning of the show because um i'm hugely grateful for these guys to be back on the show because um as as we talked about at the beginning of mentally sound uh, on this show we were supposed to be on last week but the technical problems and david was very kind enough yeah. to come back as well so thank yeah. you david and um, because yeah we had technical issues and we really wanted to talk to these guys because gambling has been um i know it, there's been a number of stuff debt related that we've talked about but obviously uh, we have actually talked about gambling um, addictions as well on this show quite a few times because obviously and particularly when it's the Christmas period you know people can very often you know get worried about money and and, and finances and maybe um, head towards uh, that that, that type of stuff um, to pay off you know to, to maybe get extra money for presents and stuff and sort of gamble stuff that they can't afford and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, Liz Ritchie from Gambling with Lions joins us on the phone now. Can you hear us, Liz? Uh, yes, I can. Hello. Uh, hello. Uh, thank you so much for be agreeing to be on the show. Okay. That's okay. Um, and okay. yes, uh, yeah, in fact, how are you there? Sorry, I will put you there. <laughs> um, I'm doing good. How are you? Uh, I'm okay, thank you. Do you think it's always well, an appropriate thing to ask for the mental health show? <laughs> ask you how everyone is, you well, know? Well, also, I mean, I'm sure you know, but um, this is our second Christmas now without um, my son, Jack. He died yes. 
um, last November because hmm. of uh, gambling addiction. Of course, yeah. That was actually one of my questions, yeah. uh, Liz. Hi, Liz. It's Ricky here, by the way. Hi, Ricky. Good. Thanks for coming on. Um, so, just as a just to start off, then this was a an organisation that that was founded upon a group of people who have lost someone de- dear to them through suicide by uh, by a death and gambling. That that's right. It was actually founded by me and my husband after after Jack died, mm-hmm. but also um, with another Sheffield family, um, the Brunies, because they lost their son six months. So he died six months before Jack. And right. then we also met a, another family um, from Devon, and um, their son had died only a month before Jack. So, if you like, three families got together, mm-hmm. and we, um, we reached out to another group of families, mm-hmm. um, tried to find people who were bereaved in similar circumstances, Mm-hmm. And then last August, we we all met together in Birmingham mm-hmm. um, to yeah, to talk to one another mm-hmm. and to share our experiences. And um, what one of the really best things about it was that people were able to see that we're not alone, yes. uh, and that this is a very mm-hmm. common addiction now. Um, it's probably the the biggest addiction challenge for. Uh, young people now yes. and um, death by suicide uh, related to gambling addiction the best research indicates at the moment we're, that we're talking about between 250 to 650 people per year yeah. mostly mostly in the UK that is mostly young men yeah I mean um, the, uh, it, at the beginning of the show we had a person from Tideside Samaritans and we were talking about the fact that where we're based in the, the northeast of England that suicide rates is the highest it's ever been unfortunately here in the northeast so i mean not just necessarily obviously about gambling but suicide obviously mm-hmm. as a part of that um you know it's it's a horrible thing to to think about knowing that this happens um i mean I, when you said about you know when you got together and chatted i mean it, it's so um, it's so um, nice to hear you say like you know the the benefits of it i mean was there was there anything when you went to talk to these um, other parents and whatnot was there anything surprising that you found when doing this? Um, you know, because it's obviously a very, um, a very um, courageous thing to do. Um, uh, well, I think the, the most surprising thing was how similar all the young men were. Yes. Um, all very extroverted and mm-hmm. very uh, lively, um, uh, the life and soul of the party kind of people, and very successful, socially successful. Mm. Um, educationally successful, financially successful, um, and also that the pattern of the addiction was not what one would normally expect or what the image would be. Yeah. It was kind of this build-up to this huge uh, crash. Yes. Um, it was very intermittent. Okay. And that very often um, the suicide occurred at a point of relapse. Yes. When some, and this was certainly true of Jack, that um, he'd been free for three months, relatively free for 18 months, really. Um, and uh, we don't know what led him back, but, um, you know, it was very, very small amounts that he lost, for example, yes. um, on the two occasions that he gambled before he died. Yes. And But we, we assume um, it would be a form of direct marketing because um, the gambling companies do target people who yeah. are known to be addicts. Um, yes, and they that altogether they spend three quarters of a billion pounds on direct marketing. Wow, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't go anywhere these days. Um, you know, I mean, they, we were talking about being football fans earlier, and the amount of um, gambling sites that now yeah. sponsor sponsor clubs, for yeah. example. I yeah. mean, that that that's a yeah. 
an obvious but, example. But well, our current yeah. club has been sponsored by loan loan shark companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for quite a while now. Yeah, sorry. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's what you Well, the, the the actual in-game betting or the the, the um, yes uh, the, the 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 advertising that you can see. Mm-hmm. So there's been this whole thing about a potential whistle to whistle ban, mm-hmm. but that's an absolute fraction of the amount of the spend on advertising. Oh, you mean an in-game betting, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. well, the, 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 the discussion about whistle-to-whistle uh, ban of advertising oh, which is what you can see mm-hmm. on the television. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but five times as much is spent on the direct marketing. Yeah, and yeah. With the, with the direct, and it's mm-hmm. much more powerful. Yeah. The direct marketing is to people who are vulnerable or mm-hmm. people who are addicts. Yeah. And we have to remember that one CEO of a gambling company said recently that 60% of their profits come from 17% of their client group. Wow. So this is an industry founded on addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say, yeah. That, that seems obvious. That, that, that seems a very powerful point, yeah. Um, I wanted to just say... Um, um, oh, sorry, I'm a little bit uncomfortable here. Let's <laughs> just keep thinking about. It. No, I'm not uncomfortable, and I'm sorry, I just want to say that like, I don't mean uncomfortable in terms of conversation, obviously, because it's no. a very powerful, it's a very powerful point. I meant my chair was a bit weird. <laughs> sorry, I realised very inappropriate that sounded. Um, uh, but yeah, so um, I, I wanted to go back to because you said this, and you know, because I wanted to be you know honest with you, uh, Liz, in yeah. terms of. Because um, I have bipolar disorder, I was just talking to uh, to uh, another guest of ours who's um, who's sitting here, just listening, um, David, and um, I'm, I'm fascinated, and I think it is a very powerful point, and I wanted to re re re, re- go over this. And when you said intermittently in terms of gambling, because yeah. as somebody who, because I, just to be clear in the audience, because I understand perfectly what you were saying, but your ba- so the basic premise is you're saying not necessarily because the obvious thing with gambling addiction or any addiction is that you do it all the time but what you're saying is intermittently as in it's something that you maybe dabble in a little bit and then dabble a little bit more but you're saying so just to be clear are you essentially saying it's not necessarily the amount of that you do it's like what you're gambling with Is, is it that kind of thing or is it uh, yes, More complicated and than the that. addiction can be very, very severe yes. in the sense that an addiction is defined by the degree to which you feel you should do it. Yes. Um, um, even though you know that it's bad for you. Yeah. Um, but it, it, you know, it's not it's not quite like heroin, for example. Yes. Although it it is defined as severe as a as a drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, um, in the sense that you, my understanding of that, I could be wrong, but is that you need it every day. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you get withdrawals. Yeah. Months and months at a time without mm-hmm. gambling. Yeah. But the pull is always there. Yeah. So it's very severe. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's important about it is it's like a substance addiction in the sense that the, it releases massive amounts of dopamine in the brain mm-hmm. and, and for very sustained periods. Yes, and mm-hmm. that has an a, an effect on the brain. Mm-hmm. It undermines the frontal lobe. It undermines your capacity to think straight. Yeah, um, and it makes you take risks. Uh, you wouldn't uh, normally take. More yeah. impulsive. Yes, um, as somebody, I mean, because the, the reason I, I mentioned, you know, with having bipolar disorder. Um, I've talked about this on this show before, and I, that that's the reason I'm so pleased you said what you just said because yeah. um, it's difficult for me to express because. Um, I, I don't feel I have a gambling addiction or anything like that but but the thing is is that it 
I do believe I have the ability to do something like that, if that makes sense. Yeah. As in, yeah. because I have an emotional disorder, I say to people, and I actually have this on my computer, because I play a little bit of poker is my thing. Um, and so I, whenever I'm in a bad frame of mind, I lock my account. Yeah. Um, because I know that if I decide to play in the wrong frame of mind, I don't mm-hmm. have, as you said, the ability to be to think clearly and to stop. Um, you know, and if I have a bad beat, which happens in poker all the time, that I can take it in, in a really negative fashion. And um, and I and I don't particularly play for huge amounts of money, which is why I think what your point is very powerful is that it's not a case of that it's the fact that I'm I, I'm doing something and losing something that I don't want to lose and I don't really want to be doing the thing that I'm doing. Um, if, but I think uh, you, know. you should be, potentially, you should be careful anyway. Yes, absolutely. Playing yeah. on fa- any fast-paced electronic games. Yes. Now, I don't know whether what you play on uh, the poker is a very fast-paced one. No, I usually play slow but ones, but, but yeah. But it's the ones that have a reward every... You know, kind of like, like, like the, one minute. The yeah. Better terminals. It's every twenty seconds. Yes. That you can Good bet point, again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also what happens with now with the football, with the in-game betting, mm-hmm. is that it's very, very fast-paced. Yeah. It's those that actually can have a very corrosive effect cumulatively yeah. on the brain. Interesting. So I, I it, it seems to me that anybody who's got any propensity to it, mm-hmm. or anybody who has had any suicidal feelings after playing on these games mm-hmm. should potentially say I, I can't I just can't do this and yeah. I shouldn't do this because yeah. it will I think I think just looking back over what happened to Jack now I think it had a long term effect on him and of course the younger that you're addicted the worse it is yeah um, um, uh, it has a cumulative effect but then it also has an acute effect mm-hmm. on, on the one occasion when actually it's very very bad for you yes so you've got a combination of both of those things, which is potentially for people who who shouldn't be using these fast-paced electronic products mm-hmm. because they are so dangerous. Yes. You know, the, the, the fixed or better terminals and their equivalent games that are online, 50% roughly of people who go on them are either addicted or at risk of addiction. Yeah. This I'm not surprised to hear that. It's extraordinarily dangerous product. Yeah, absolutely. I understand that there's... Because it's been in the news recently about regarding fixed or betting terminals that uh, there was a government delay on it, but there's been a U-turn, and they yeah. said something along the lines that you know that the, the, the minister who resigned that she pinpointed that at least su- two suicides a day because of this. How how influential were you were you with in terms of like consulting with with ministers in terms well, of you know raising this? Well, p- we 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 certainly met with Tracy, yeah. and actually the Sun newspaper decided that Tracy resigned because of us, right? Okay. <laughs> Which we were we, we didn't think, no. um, but she was very very um, kind to us and mm-hmm. very clearly struck by our organisation, and she actually mentioned Jack. In okay, the right. In the House of Commons, right. um, after she resigned, actually, mm-hmm. but she she wrote about the two suicides a, mm-hmm. um, a day in her resignation letter. Mm-hmm. And to be absolutely honest with you, suicide wasn't even on the agenda mm-hmm. before uh, gambling with lives. Yeah. What well, before we got together? Yeah. And um, my husband is very. You know, he's a researcher, so what he did as a reaction to our son's suicide was to kind of hit the research really and try and understand it. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we produced a research brief, 
And, you know, I have to say to you, why has it taken a, a group of bereaved parents mm -hmm. to do this work yeah. when we've got uh, organizations that are actually tasked with doing it? Yeah. I understand it's part of your, your, your organization, like in terms of remit as well, is to sort of change hearts and minds, not within ministers, but obviously within certain institutions. So banks now, because I read a bit before in Mental Health News that now banks are uh, empowering the prevention to stop stop out of control spending um what insight further can you give on that in terms of what what goes on in a person's mind when as you know i think stephen mentioned before the bipolar that sometimes in a during a high episodes one's spending habits can be out of control can't they oh absolutely but it, it, i think it's important to understand it's not only about the money i mean it is about money mm -hmm. and certainly people um have sort of binges when they do have more access to money yeah um, but but it's about the really we think it's about the cumulative effect on your mental health. Mm -hmm. So obviously they're combined, mm -hmm. um, and the despair when you crash out mm -hmm. of, a, of a of a of a gambling session. Mm -hmm. But in terms of what the banks are doing, the problem with what they're doing is that it's it's easily reversible at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, there is one bank. I'm sorry, I can't remember which one it is that's just started to introduce that. It's um, Barclays, we mentioned Barclays, it before, yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. Um, um, but the problem is, as I understand it, I've been told that it's, um, it's what they call not very sticky. Mm -hmm. So that means that you could easily reverse it. So if you're an addict and you, you've done that, Mm -hmm. um, you can easily reverse it, yeah. so it's kind of a bit pointless, really. And what about what about football clubs? Because I'm I'm a regular oh, yeah. at St James's Park, uh, in home of Newcastle United's ground, and, uh -huh. and the gate I come into, literally the first thing I see is the queue for a betting sort of shop where people have got like notes and you know wanting yeah. predictions. I mean, it, it's like with a lot of venues that. Um, once you're inside, it, it becomes like a bubble that you can't get out of. So you, you almost yeah. hit, you're bombarded with these sort of signs, what you could win. What more can, can these sorts of groups and clubs and organizations do to, to, to combat this problem? Well, I mean, I, personally, I'm not, not a great follower of football, but mm -hmm. Jack loved his football. Yeah. And all the boys from Gambling with Lives families loved their football. Yeah. Um, and obviously... It seems to me, looking from the outside, mm -hmm. if I was a massive football fan, I'd want I'd want the game rescued from gambling. Yeah, um, it totally normalises it, and there's young mm -hmm. children obviously exactly. being taken to the to the to the game. And mm -hmm. I, if it was up to me now, <coughs> I wouldn't allow young children in in the ground. Um, I wouldn't take them. And I think football's in danger of losing uh, losing its. It, the people's love of it because it's been in hock to gambling. I agree because some people might accuse me of being purist, but I've not bought a football shirt with with such logos on because I, I find it. I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I just find the whole normalisation of gambling in this context can be really, um, you know, when you have young kids coming to the game as well, it, it's it's seen as something very normal to them, but could potentially you can lead a, a very dangerous road. Yeah. You can buy, buy one for Headingley Football Club. Cause yeah, we mentioned them before. They're wearing yeah. Gambling with Lives logo. Oh, Great. excellent. That's cool. Next year, we've got a bit of a <laughs> thing to try and get other football clubs to do the same thing. And excellent. they've got it right in the centre of their shirts. Excellent. So you could, excellent. Yeah, so you could actually buy one of those yeah yeah i mean it's really cool that would like, be good. <laughs> yeah i really like admire like we, we've talked about this before one of the <coughs> one of the greatest clubs in the world has unicef on as unicef as yeah. their uh, as yeah. their sponsor and i think like, that, yeah. that that you know other 
Barcelona, which uh, I think people should take mm-hmm. note. Yeah. Um, are we have to wrap this uh, in, um, conversation up, unfortunately, Liz. Okay. But I guess um, okay. I, I would say finally, because I guess we, we want to kind of portray a show of like hope and and optimism and all that kind of stuff. Is that so? I know we've already touched on obviously stuff that you think needs to change, but overall, I guess as a summary, uh, what do you think people listening and 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 the wider you know society? How do we you know, make this issue better. I mean, obviously, is it a case of you know, educating the gambling authorities and the companies themselves to say you know have a bit more of a moral compass involved in these things, or what's your well, view? Well, I, I, we think that we need massive regulation change. Yes. So uh, the first thing we have to do is actually find out exactly how many people are dying each year. Yeah. So we need you know a, a, a re- proper research project that that, that will do that. There mm-hmm. are some kind of in the pipeline. But um, the, the other big problem with that is that coroners don't record gambling addiction as, mm-hmm. uh, as a cause of death. Mm-hmm. So we have to work on trying to change that. Yeah. We must have proper product regulation. Yep. We have pro- product regulation in so many things. Um, and one of the ways that I think these young men have been victimized is that they, when they're underage, all of the boys were underage or children, mm-hmm. and they kind of blundered into something, mm-hmm. thinking they were safe in our society because we're so regulated in so many things. Yeah. Um, and these products are desperately unsafe, and they can mm-hmm. be just introduced, and it's only afterwards people start saying they're not safe. We need proper safety checking before they're even introduced. Yeah. And lastly, we really need a levy we need a proper levy uh, to to pay for research, education, and treatment. Only two percent of addicts get any treatment. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's a very powerful <laughs> point to end. Um, I mean, in terms of gambling with lives, do you have any presence online that people can, if it, you know, if anyone yeah. ends up in your situation, can they contact you? Uh, yes, uh, you can Google us. We've got a website. Um, it's gamblingwithlives.org. Great. Uh, if you Google gambling with lives uh, uh, dash suicide. Um, it will come up. If you just put gambling with lives, I'm afraid you'll get lots of gambling companies. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's not. Yeah. I always thought it was a very good. I always think it's a very. That's a very good name because I think you know everyone everyone takes risk. And yeah. I think I, I like the fact that it has an almost like du- you know double entendre. It's not double, entendre, but like a, it's a good, good metaphor. Yeah. Um, well, I for think the gambling <coughs> companies really are gambling with people's lives. Yes, and exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also the people go, the victims going through it are gambling with their lives as well. Absolutely. So I think it has a good are, double yeah. meaning. So yeah. yeah. There's so much more we could talk about. Yeah. No. What I would say, Liz, is please come on again. We'll have, uh, in a new year sometime. We'll love to um, course, you know yeah. talk further. Yeah, please provide yeah. us with an update and hopefully a continued <laughs> success. I mean, um, again, I, I think it's something that, that this is, um, this makes a great deal of sense. And, I, and I'm so pleased you said about the whole point of it's not necessarily there's there's, there's obvious addiction and then there's like there's 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 less of you know there's, there's less obvious ones and it's you know sharing your story is good because it encourages people to to be aware of these things before it starts damaging them. So yeah. thank you for being so open and honest and yeah. um uh, and thanks very much. So uh, okay. pleasure talking to you and um, hopefully you. and ha- Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and, and hopefully you. we'll see you very and soon. You. Thank, okay. you, thank, thank you, Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Great! Wow, what a powerful interview. Um, yeah, really, really powerful. Sorry, David. As this, that's that's really interesting, actually. Yeah. Um, yes, it was very powerful, and I think I think if you're looking for something heartening, mm-hmm. uh, what's really good is that people like Liz are taking the initiative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
to get together and to form yep. self-help groups yeah, and yeah. to lobby Absolutely. and to try and change mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and to give people the, the, the benefit of their experience, difficult though it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one, one of my great counselling gurus, Carl Jung, said that the, the best healer is a wounded healer. Yeah. And if you've been through the kind of trauma that, that Liz has been through and that the other people have organization's been through that there will be power in what you yeah. do and there will you know just be on that point on yep. my on my taxi journey here uh, mm. when I was telling the, the mm. driver what where I'm going to what we're mm. doing and if he asked me so do you are you experienced in mental I think he meant in the terms of like are you qualified yeah and the, and, and I think you've uttered this word before Steve this phrase and I just I have lived experience and I think that's, that's yeah it is, I, I quote a friend of ours who actually like because I mean this this show as a context this show came out of um, a community project of people, yeah. of peer people getting together and, and talking about their issues. Yeah. Um, you know, it came on the back of that. And so, yeah, um, the, one of the organizations uh, launchpad or Rococo, um, as it's also sometimes known as a recovery college, um, Alistair who runs it, uh, yeah, Alistair who runs it, um, he, he says that phrase all the time, so I'm stealing it from him. But yeah, he says, he, he hires people, because work, I've worked for him before too, um, he hires people who have lived experience because what's better than someone who's lived through something that you're absolutely describing? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, as, as well as doing what we are talking about before, yes. I also um, teach counselling skills. Oh, was one of my questions. In you're the, a tutor in, in counselling skills, yeah. I am a tutor in counselling skills. Great. In yeah. the community. Wow. We don't work in a college context. But we're, uh, we're, we're part of the adult learning um, service of North Townside. Right. So we we work in the community. We so we do, our classes are in schools, in centres, in community centres. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons for that is to reach out to people who aren't ready right. to go to college. Yeah. And don't want that kind of high pressure. They want. Oh, wow. okay. they, 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 they just want to assimilate the, the, the skills within that, and they're often people who've had a difficult journey themselves yeah. mm-hmm. and w- w- one of the, the, the teams that we w- were working increasingly with are the uh, are VODA which are the, the voluntary agency the umbrella agency for voluntary services in North Townside mm-hmm. and one of the, the really good developments in, in, in that agency is that whereas at one time someone would have come along to do some volunteering and they would have said well you can spend, uh, you know, there's a charity shop wants someone to work there or um, such and such want volunteers. What they say to you is, what would you like to do? Mm-hmm. Is that, do you have yeah. an area of interest? Mm-hmm. Do you know other people who are interested in that? We'll support you, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. fund you, we'll give you, you know, we'll help you to find premises. Yeah. And even if it's a short-term project, you can you can make will help you to mm-hmm. make that work. Yeah, and you know we were talking before about diagnosis. Yes, and it's kind of, it, it, it's the same kind of school of thought. The idea that that, that yes, the, the the big organizations, the big charities do fantastic work, but sometimes what you want is to create a niche for something that you're interested in or something that you've identified as a need Mm -hmm. for people within the community Mm -hmm. and it's really good that we're doing that so we're kind of training people in level two level three counseling yes some of them go on to college and university and become counselors Mm -hmm. but some of them take those skills back into the community yeah Yeah. and and found 
their own organisation within there. I mean, the, the the I think the powerful thing about it, you said this earlier, is that when you said people ask you what you do for a job and you say I listen to people, Absolutely. and uh, yeah. this, I, 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 I say this all the time to my inner circle, um, you know, because obviously we're doing this show and whatnot, and uh, you know, I, I work on a university course as well where I help, you know, social workers because I'm, yeah. you know, I, my mom has a social worker, I've, I've had a social worker before, so I'm again lived experience to tell yeah. people what it's really like, um, and I always say to them like, yeah, as you said, like you know, therapists, counselors, you know, whatever, are really like you know a, a professional way to obviously help people in need, but the actual core skills. Of you know just in a sense as well, you're also teaching them skills to the person you're trying to help as well. It's 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 mm. it's listening to yourself in some ways and realizing that you have actually the ability to do something about it. It's just getting out of them, but also like as you say, learning these skills are good in just re- everyday life. You know, to learn. I don't think people listen enough. We d- we don't yeah. listen enough. It's not yeah. part of our culture. Yeah. We, ne- as I say to my students, nature abhors a vacuum. <laughs> If, if, if yeah. someone is telling you their problems, you feel it incumbent on you to give them advice, yes. even if you haven't really got any. Yeah. So if some if someone just wants to get it out there mm-hmm. and have someone to listen, yeah, you know, one oh one, that's what you let them do. And if there are awkward silences, yeah. that doesn't matter. That's what people they're can't thinking, handle. That's what people can't handle. Yeah, some of the, what, what, you have to fill in that void. Yeah, but then yeah. Don't everybody what, 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 deals with one, one of the one yeah. of the, the frequently <laughs> asked questions I get from my students is how long is your longest silence when you've right. worked with a client? How long is your life? And the answer is twenty five minutes. Really, wow. twenty five okay. minutes with okay. a gentleman who had been who'd had a, quite a traumatic bereavement, mm. and he sat for twenty five minutes crying. Mm-hmm. All right, and yeah. I checked out with him. You okay? I'm here. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of it, I said, "Was that all right?" And he said, "Yeah." He said, "It's just good to have company when you yeah. think like that." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's part of what we are. It's just about being there. Yeah. Um. I, I can give a really. Yeah. I can <laughs> give a really quick example of just something mm-hmm. in my personal life because this happened last night. Where and I thought it was a fant- It was a. It was a, a very interesting reaction that I got from my partner. Because um, I, I realised there was something. Because you know, w- with me having a, a, a you know just a month old baby, like a month old child, right. as I, I we constantly communicate about like, are we doing the right thing? Are we doing this? Mm-hmm. And then I realised when I was sitting with um, my daughter and I was looking after her last night, and I was I just went, I think there's something we're not doing quite right, and I need to talk to my partner about it. I, and I, you know, I don't need to go into details about what that was, but basically the context of it is. And I went and told her, and I just went, oh, right, um, uh, babe, I've got something I want to talk to you about. Um, and she went, sure, which is what we always do. And I explained very, very calmly and whatever, and I went, it wasn't a criticism or anything, because I said, I went, well, I think we're both doing this, and we're not doing this correctly. And then, you know, because being a first-time parent, you're going to screw up. Mm-hmm. And so I went, oh, I think we need to do this, because I don't think it's helping the baby or whatever, and maybe we should do this instead of this. And she listened to my response and went, I see what you mean, let's try it. And... And and I, and then afterwards, I just suddenly went, "Wow, what a wonderful thing!" Because she just actually sat and listened to yes. my concerns, and just went, "I agree with you. Let's do that." And it wasn't like a you know a flamboyant like you know over dramatized or whatever it was. It was just a communication like, "I think we should do this. I agree. Let's try it." And I just said to her afterwards when I because I felt it was appropriate to do, I just went, "Thank you so much for listening to me." And she just went, "Well, all I did was listen." And I went, "That's the point. Yeah. Is that you know as you quite rightly said like because I always say to her sometimes you know." 
you do realize like you know you don't necessarily have to have an answer it's just mm. and you did give me an answer by going i agree with you let's try it and um, but we don't need to have a de- no. endless debate and no. um, sometimes it's just having someone to hear you sometimes um, all yeah. we want to do is get it out yeah and hear ourselves saying yes yeah. and if someone else is there who doesn't have a dog in the hunt who who is it isn't going to impose their agenda on yours all the better. Yeah. What that about makes it work even more? Of course, yeah. What about peer support within your association? Because you know, there's a saying. I think it's often used in America that every therapist has a therapist. What about, <laughs> what about within your association? Do 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 fellow counsellors, therapists seek peer support within your group? We, we don't we don't do that as an activity, but but. Um, networking is an important part of what we do so yeah. when we have our meetings you know we the doors are open half an hour before we do a lot of talking mm. to people a lot of um exchanging views and there's all the, the presentations of the evening are always workshop format mm. so there's the opportunity for people to say I've tried that and it doesn't work for me yeah. or, or I'm having a real difficulty with yeah. this area yeah. and getting some feedback yeah. from people. Okay. Yeah. So even though we don't do it formally, informally, yeah, there's okay. a lot All of, right. uh, of, of peer support. Tell us a bit more about your meetings because you, you, you invite sort of speakers to come down. And what's the essence of that? Is it, you know, uh, I guess it's in, in networking in it itself, but is it... Different counsellors sort of discuss different methods as such, or is it something like that? Or, or yes, it, 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 because as I said before, the, the situation's changing all the time, all, all, all kinds of things. Pe- people are developing new ways of working. Because culture keeps changing, therefore That's it requires right, yeah. different approaches, Pe- I guess. Yeah. yeah, people are finding new ways of working. Yeah. Neurology is developing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we know more about certain things than mm-hmm. we used to. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we can over exaggerate that because yeah. we don't know we don't know as much about how the brain functions as some of the red top papers would like you to think <laughs> yeah. we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we know a lot more than we knew fifty or twenty or even ten years yeah, or five yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah. And that can inform what we do. Yeah. Because we have some understanding of how it works. Yeah. Of why that might happen. So when Liz was talking before about the brain science yes. of gambling addiction, yeah. the fact that the rush of dopamine can actually mm. damage the fabric of the brain, yeah. you know, that kind of thing is useful. Yeah, so yeah, sometimes yeah. it's that kind of background that mm-hmm. we want. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's just different areas of working. Um, I guess the mission these days is to try and get skills of counselling and, and, and therapy into as many areas as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. so the more we know about context that people work in, so you know things like w- w- working with veterans with PTSD, um, yeah. a lot of work around young people. I mean, I don't have to tell you, you guys that you there's a crisis yeah. within you know work with young people. It's trying to find ways. Would you always advocate token therapy then as the first point of course, or do you, uh, on a more generic point, agree that you know it's horses for courses and not everything is going to fit for every individual? You within your profession, would you always say you know, token therapy is often a, a good starting point? I, I, I would definitely say that. Okay. I would definitely say that. And it, in a sense. A lot of a lot of discussion, lot of argument about what kind of therapy. Mm-hmm. In, in, in some ways, it doesn't matter because in the end, you know, whether we work psychodynamic, whether we work gestalt, whether we work uh, CBT or whatever, mm-hmm. we're basically doing the same thing. Yeah. I was 
with, with my, my, my cousin, who was the other therapist in the family, right. one time at a holistic fair, and we were watching somebody reading tarot cards. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And I turned to her and I said, Veronica, he's doing what we do. Yeah. What he's doing is using that as a yeah. stimulus yeah. to get the person to mm -hmm. talk about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> there's, you know, there's, there's no magic going on here. Mm. That, that card is a prompt for that person to talk and to be able to talk about things and for him to be able to input as appropriate. So you wouldn't necessarily dismiss it out so of hand? I, I, wouldn't, I, would, I wouldn't dismiss any okay. therapy out okay. of hand. Okay. And diff as we said before, different people, different strokes for different folks, yeah. as Grandma used to say. <laughs> if uh, Some things will work for some okay, people yeah, and I other agree. things won't. Yeah. And, and, you know, if... if it's having if all the if options if there. Works, if it works, keep doing it. If it doesn't work, try something else. Yes, yeah, having all the options <laughs> there yeah. readily yeah. available. If, you it's, know. it's having as many yeah. options, and that's why yeah. uh, I've never been a purist as far as, as counselling is concerned. Um, I, you know, my, my, my message to students and supervisees is always um, find out what works. Get, get, have as many quivers in your, in, in your armoury as possible and use them as you feel appropriate. Get a feel for what the individual needs and yeah. what would work with the individual. <laughs> and, 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 and try that. I would try, say try amen to, to that, yeah. Some, some people would shoot me down in flames for mm. saying that. Well, I yeah, but I think, I, I mean, stand up all by yeah. <laughs> but I think the thing is, is that, I mean, because we've had, low, as you said, with the, mm. the therapy, you know, the mindfulness and all kinds of other stuff, mm. it's just, it, there's so many alternatives out there yeah. now, yeah. Um, because it's basically providing for, because, I mean, we, 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 we talk about the NHS quite a lot on this show, yeah. but the thing is, because we try to sort of be fair in, fair in the sense of, they they are limited in what they can provide for people but at the same time i think that's what leads people to maybe give up with therapy a little too soon because they go they'll be offered cbt because it's really the only thing that they get offered yeah. and then it doesn't work for them and they then generically say well therapy doesn't work for me not realizing there's so many different forms of therapy mm -hmm. that um you know i try and encourage people to not give up because um you know i went through i mean and also that the, you, you, you uh, the, the therapist that you want to be with because i when I started therapy all these years yeah. ago, there was some therapist I didn't like, um, or didn't. Well, maybe didn't like is not necessarily the right phrase. Maybe just didn't didn't have a rapport with. Mm -hmm. There's a better way of phrasing it, because um, it's not necessarily like doesn't have anything to do with it really. Um, but having having the having the rapport with them and feeling comfortable and all that kind of stuff is is imperative to get the best out of it. So. Um, so it took me a few tries before I got comfortable with the therapist I, I have. A now, therapeutic so. relationship is that. It's a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's a relationship between two human beings. <laughs> it's not like any other relationship. Yeah. Uh, for a start, it has built-in obsolescence. Yes. You know, when you, w when you start a love affair, you assume it's going to last forever. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't do that with your therapist. Yeah. You know, unless maybe yeah. you're Woody Allen, who's been in therapy for 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but, uh, but for most people, yeah. in fact, but it is, it's two human beings mm. connecting together yeah. and mm. doing some work together. And providing an environment providing where you can talk an about it and, and yeah, you can talk right. anywhere. So, yeah, so yes, the, 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 the fact that you have a rapport with each yeah. other is important. Yeah. And I always say to people, you know, if there is a real problem, if you can sense a real problem with someone, you know, then refer them. 
find, you know, help them to find the right person. Yeah, point them in the right direction. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm, I'm going to go go back and say to my mother, uh, keep reading your astrology because you know, <laughs> whatever works for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please forgive yeah. what I used to say in the past and just if that works for I you. Just, I uh, could do your whole other show on it. Yeah, I know we are out of time now. <laughs> we're a little bit over three, so we need to stop. But um, yeah. luckily, I've been recording this manually, so and it doesn't matter that we're over a little bit. But we've got to play ads, obviously, to keep people yeah. happy. Um, but yeah, I was going to say when you said about um, tarot cards, it's a bit like a good magic trick. It opens the mind and yeah, stuff, and yeah, it would be like absolutely. I, 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 I was thinking about that. Good way of looking at it, that, yeah. Whatever yeah. it is, like when I get an, a nice feeling, when I see a magic trick in front of me, I feel exactly the same feeling, um, like I do in a therapy session of like revealing mm-hmm. something, because it shows like the beautiful, the beautiful part of the mind, like you know that yes. the mind, the mind can do extraordinary things, and when you're getting wowed, because I don't necessarily care that I've been tricked, it's like that your the ability, the fact that your mind has the ability to be tricked, mm-hmm. is wonderful to me anyway. But um, anyway, and we're so. finding out about our own mind all the time. Yeah. That's and that's, that's long may that continue I think yeah. is a good way of ending um, Hugh thank you David sorry for I mean I'm hoping you. we haven't kept you longer nope, than you thought no um, problem at all um, it's been a real pl- and I, I hope it was okay making you wait for the phone interview um, no problem at all yeah, problem. You, um, no, no problem uh, yeah. at all it's very so. interesting obviously. It was oh, I'm, pleased, I'm pleased you thought yeah, yeah. that and, mm-hmm. and yeah I thought it was nice to get your reaction afterwards mm-hmm. so that was that was a nice bonus mm-hmm. um, so yeah all these to say is a huge thank you to David um, as, um, where can they find your information for you for the counselling have you got a website or anything? Uh, or? My Facebook page, David Williams Gestalt Counselling and Therapy. Okay. That's the best place to get in touch. Great. With so you can have a look at all the stuff that David yeah. does. And um, Newcastle Council has the website. Isn't Newcastle and the Newcastle Counselling Association has a website. Great. And North Tyneside Adult Learning. Okay. Website. Great, great. So all yeah. the information's on there. If you want any yeah. family counselling needs at this time of year, it's yeah. probably a good idea. Maybe treat yourself to get to to, be, to look after yourself yeah, in this sort of time. Yeah. Great, yeah. excellent. excellent. Um, yes, and so that huge thank you to Liz. Check out gambling, gambling with, with lives. Um, if that is something that maybe has affected your life and obviously be careful about gambling this time of year because that was a powerful point and finally Greg from uh, Timeside Samaritans um, to talk about suicide and if you're feeling anything like that I'll actually do the number again as a way of ending so it's 116123 is the free line for Samaritans you can email joe at samaritans.org or at samaritans.org for information about all that Samaritans does because Timeside is just the branch in this yeah. area you might, get, yeah. although you might get taught to somebody yeah. else if they're busy um, and they have a drop-in centre, which we talked about earlier. So yeah, um, and all leaves us to say because this is our Christmas episode. Is we should be back next uh, next week to do an end of year special because uh, Spice Day we can have access to the studio. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's the twenty eighth. We have now else better to do. So, <laughs> um, you know, at, like a lot of Christmas time, you're just sitting around trying to figure out something to. Uh, so why not do a show uh, so me and Ricky uh, uh, our plan is to be on next week but we'll tweet about it they'll get me um, out of the house because you know by yeah. then I've already eaten too much yeah exactly we've got to get yeah we need exercise yeah. Um, so yeah so we'll so hopefully we'll be here for next week for our end of year session but this is our Christmas episode so all you to say is Merry Christmas everybody um, make sure you do look after yourselves make sure you um, um, you look after yourself mental health wise don't overdo it um, only spend what you can afford I think is the key um, thing that we've said in a lot of this which we can talk about endlessly um, and yeah well, to play us out we are going to play uh, Christmas Time Don't Let the Bells End which is by The Darkness I believe which I started humming when I saw it on the database I thought good way to end nice nice, um, nice upbeat song and we will see you next week for our New Year special but Merry Christmas everyone uh, and we'll see you very soon on Mentally Sound goodbye thank you Sick of the same old radio sound? <sighs> then you need Vibrant Radio. Spice up your life. 
ग्लासेस फैक्ट्री न्यू कासल वालों का एक और शानदार ऑप्टिशन वेस्ट रोड पर आ गया फ्री आई टेस्ट के साथ साथ उर्दू पंजाबी और बंगला जुबानी भूलने वाला स्टाफ भी मौजूद है आइए और हमें खिदमत का मौका दीजिए ग्लासेस फैक्ट्री वेस्ट रोड न्यू कासल टेलीफोन नंबर ओ वन नाइन वन टू सेवन थ्री एट फोर सिक्स जीरो ग्लासेस फैक्ट्री वेस्ट रोड न्यू कासल Have you heard about the latest wedding and events venue in town? The New Bridge Hotel in the heart of Newcastle city centre is now available for Asian weddings, celebrations, and events. The New Bridge Hotel's newly refurbished Granger Suite has a capacity of up to 400 guests, and the Time Suite is the perfect setting for a welcome drinks reception. We are fully equipped for your choice of caterer to work from our kitchens, and we'll also provide all your crockery, cutlery, glassware, and linen. The New Bridge Hotel, New Bridge Street, Newcastle, offering a unique, unforgettable experience for your big day. For more information, get in touch with our dedicated wedding coordinator on 01912505400 or email sales at the newbridgehotel dot com. Twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. Spice FM, ninety-eight point eight FM. 